Oh yeah, it's going down right now. Episode Mario Lemieux of the 22 Shots of Moods and Hordes coming at you live. I am your host, Moods. And of course, I've always got my two killer bees with me. We got the Double Shot J, also known as JP. And of course, we've got the pedophile. I mean, the horrophile. <laughs> oh, that is good. Also known as Kyle. What's going on, homie? So much just happened in that <laughs> intro. So much. Yeah, and uh, y'all that don't know Mario Lemieux, he is number 66 wow. and episode 66. Yeah, I'm just and being there, I think there was also like a like a fucking Wu Tang style thing in there. <laughs> There's a pedophile joke. I mean, yeah, there was so I'm much happening in that intro. That was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> of course we got the pedophile <laughs> i had to do it man it's just it, the opportunity is there so i'm gonna take it you know what's I'm, funny I'm, dude I'm an opportunist man so i was working at my job and some uh, one of the guests came down the night after the patriots lost and he has a patriots jersey on and he has a boston red Sox hat on and his thick ass boston accent <laughs> and like i was just like should i you know should i say it? i was like rough night last night huh <laughs> and he got, got so mad his face just turned super serious <laughs> and he was like well yeah of course i mean uh, you know, a lot of injuries, and he just starts going into the full-blown excuse mode. And I was yeah, like, and, and he was like, then he started taking shots at Pittsburgh. He's like, hopefully they uh, can. Uh, good luck making the playoffs. <laughs> like as he was leaving, he's like, God. good luck making the playoffs. Oh that's, that's <laughs> and I was you like, and just muttering underneath your breath. You're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, it, it totally was all the injuries that made him lose. You're like, <clears throat> full balls. <laughs> <laughs> but I, that's what I was thinking. I was like, you know, sometimes you just got to take that shot. Like, even though you're not supposed to offend your your guests, you you know, sometimes you just have to. What, how often in life are you going to get a chance to to laugh at a Patriots fan in person when they're when they're golden boy tom brady gets so frustrated and loses a football game like i had to take it i had to take that opportunity exactly man uh that's that's the ultimate opportunity right there you got to take it man yeah and it was because it they was get fun it was just like because tough we, night we, last we, night huh oh yeah because we've stressed many times before that you know patriots fans get so butthurt when they lose mm-hmm. you know and i i can see why though too because they don't lose a whole lot yeah you know but, you know, and so when they do, it's like a huge fucking deal. See, for me, being a Buffalo Bills fan, I'm so used to it, man. I, I just, I'm shocked when they win. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, <laughs> you know, they lose. I'm just like, yeah, man, another day at the office, man. <laughs> just a so world funny. of difference, man. It's so like a world of like difference. That, that customer, like that person at the hotel would have like complained on you and like told your fucking manager or some shit. That would have been so funny. Yeah, no, it wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> But actually, we told my manager. Like I was, like, I was like, "Yo, listen, what we just did. It was so funny." <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. So, Kyle, good to have you back on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How long has it been? For uh, third time. What was the last episode I did with y'all? Tales I was, of Halloween. Uh, Tales of Halloween. Yeah, it's been a while, man. It's been a couple months, I think. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be back and jump in and do this again. It's gonna be pretty fun. Again, God. of course, easier to you know prepare for the show, unlike that Children of the Corn one. God, <laughs> I, I still can't believe that was the first time you were on the show. That like, was the first podcast I ever did, ever, of anything. I'm so surprised it was that like, you ever came back. I mean, you know, if I was recording for fucking eight hours or whatever the hell it was, I'd be like, this shit ain't for me, man. This is, this is retarded. That podcast was like five and a half Talks hours. I remember... 
we got done at like four in four in the morning and I was so tired. I had to work the next morning. I'm like, God damn, why did I do this? Why did I sign up for this bullshit? And like, it had to be like the children of the fucking corn franchise out of everything <laughs> that could, any franchise in the world know, would right? be picked children of the fucking corn. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean it, it is one of the biggest ones. It's yeah. one of the biggest franchises out there. And you know, I mean, yeah. So yeah, once again, good to have you back on the show, man. Yeah, no? man, appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I mean, it's it's not a Children of the Corn episode, so and it was one movie we had to watch, so I'm I'm excited about that. But yeah, uh, man. yeah man, I don't get to talk to you as much because you and JP have the uh, X Files podcast that you guys do together. So yeah, you know, you guys you guys are rubbing each other's vaginas at least once a week there too. So <laughs> you know, it's always good to have you. There's back. a lot of <laughs> vagina rubbing during that show. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, Kyle's turning into like a full fledged podcaster now. It's pretty crazy. I I actually really like doing podcasts. I mean, I didn't really think I would because I mean I've I've always been like really good at just talking in general. I talk a lot, but uh, I mean I just it's one of those things when I started doing it with you guys, I kind of enjoy doing it, and um, I honestly enjoy podcasting half the time more than I love doing videos. As weird as that sounds, but I'm actually uh, that way too now. I was gonna say I think JP's the exact way. <laughs> you know, I mean from his output of videos. Yeah, I think the podcasting is his yeah. favorite part. Yeah. Um, I like doing both, man. I honestly like – I mean this week has been crazy. I think I put up like five videos this week. It's just been one of those weird-ass weeks where I did videos I have, haven't done in so long. I did a fucking contest entry. I did a unboxing video. I never do those things, man. It's been like – Dude, I, I think it's – I don't even te- – I couldn't even tell you last time I did either one of those type of videos. It's fucking strange, man. But I, so- it was fun. It was it's fun. so fucked up. You fucking recommended or Zako the embalmer to that guy. You're gonna like fuck his world up with that. That's he's not. He's not gonna be the same. <laughs> after seeing that movie. Well, it was funny because you know I always try to take my time when I answer questions. And I was thinking about. It, I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna just approach this differently. I'm gonna try and find like three films with like three totally different types of like heavy gore. You know, with Adam Chaplin and uh, uh, what else did I pick? Oh yeah, um, Burning Moon and then Roscoe. I mean, dude. Yeah, he might not be the same after that. Dude, I wasn't. I, I had and to I'm going to be responsible for it. I literally had to get like super drunk to even fucking watch that movie because I watched a little bit a little bit of it sober and then I put it yeah, in and like it's tough. I was like I can't dude, it's really really tough to watch. It is, man. So. It's it's super super tough, man. And it's so fucking crazy this guy like just does this every day. I know, like he was just like cutting these bodies open, like they were like nothing to him. He just doesn't give a shit. He's like, oh, oh, check out this baby I'm cutting open. This is cool. Uh, uh, uh. Like the reverse cover art that I put on there, where he's holding up that fucking oh, newborn. Yeah. Did, did, did you get the uh, Did you get the poster with it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who the fuck would hang that up? <laughs> like it's a I guy know, holding right? a dead baby. It's like why would you put yeah. that up anywhere? <laughs> uh, it's just it's just not acceptable to put that up. No, like, it's not. You know. <laughs> It's just, Unless it's you're really just a sicko cool. or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, man. Fuck. Yeah, so what's been going on, JP? What's new this week? Oh, man, you know what I've been doing, dude? I've been what I call cramming or crunch time. It's when the year uh, kind of yeah. is wrapping up, and I look at my list, and it's like, oh, I've only watched 15 movies this year from 2015. I'm like, I guess I better start watching them. And then I start watching, you know, uh, sometimes two a day if I can. You gotta lay off that gay porn, bro. I know, <laughs> but I, I just try to stuff as many in me as possible. <laughs> yeah, man, it is crunch time, man. You know, I've actually i've I've kept up a really nice pace this year, so I didn't actually have to do a, you know fully what you're doing. But mm-hmm. I still got a bunch of I, I need to watch. I mean, I'll get them done, but you know, I 
it's been up and down for me all year, man. I went through stages where I kept watching nothing but good stuff. And then I went through like a month period. I swear that every film I watched was like an under five for me. You know, it's been one of those years where it's been just up and down. But yeah, a lot I, of I the feel good like ones, the end of the years. Yeah, like yeah. so much good stuff, like right at the end of the year. And I'm like, OK, this might these are kind of game changers. You know, mm-hmm. I think the list is going to form and change itself due to a lot of these films. And I'm like, fuck, it's exciting for me. Uh, if you guys are curious, I actually have a little list right here that I've been keeping beside me that uh, of films that I still want to check out that are I actually can obtain because I either own them or have screeners. <laughs> And uh, it is Knock Knock, The Stranger, The Editor, We Are Still Here, Gravy, Bloodsucking Bastards, The Harvest, Demon's Rook, Poltergeist, The Gallows, Goosebumps, Stung, Goodnight Mommy, Girl House, Backcountry, Army of Frankenstein, Ejecta, Extraterrestrial, Charlie's Farm, and Headless. Those are the next 20 on my list. Man, there's so, many, there's so many good films in there, too. Yeah, there are. You haven't seen any of those? Nope. Well, Stung. That one was on there. <laughs> I'd say I'd say if you get a chance, watch Headless before the end of the year. At least. That. Oh yeah, that's definitely. I have like a top five ones that I need to see. I mean, I'll obviously see more than that, but Headless is one of the main ones on that list right now that that I will absolutely 100% see before the end of the year. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think that this is my most exciting time for watching 2015 films is like towards the end, you know, because it's like you really get to see uh, like the the stars rise up. Uh, you start to see like yeah. which what what the word on the street is and, and stuff like that. It becomes uh becomes fun. It becomes fun because you're pretty much watching all good movies at that point. You know you're not you're not gonna go out and and watch like the one that has never been mentioned ever once. Uh, you know right away. Like you're not gonna like make that your priority to see before the end of the year. You know <laughs> you're gonna go yeah. after the ones that are are big films that you didn't manage to see like me and moods were talking about like the green inferno like we were super worried a week ago like are we ever are we even going to be able to see it? it's one of those that have been talked about so much and yeah. uh you know luckily i think we are going to be able to see it so mm-hmm. that's really yeah good. the the next five i've got on deck here is bone tomahawk good night mommy <laughs> the green inferno deathgasm yeah and uh the final girls so that's like pretty much it man like a lot of the films that i haven't seen from this year i don't think really matter too too much actually another one i want to check out is uh, what we are in the shadows i never got a chance to see that either Mm -hmm. um the fucking movie here is so expensive like it's like 20 something bucks just for the dvd i'm like no No." you know what those five that you just listed though dude that all five of the i haven't seen all of those five but i word on the street is that any of those five could literally like change your list around. So would, that's yeah, pretty yeah. cool. And I'm pretty well, sure I'd, I I would be pretty confident that that your list will change after watching those yeah. five. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not going to say, you know, bad things about you know any of those things. But like, you know, I kept hearing the same thing about Krampus, too, which, you know, I'll get into a little bit later. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, but uh, but, you know, who knows? We'll see. We'll yeah, see. It's it's super fun doing this, dude. And speaking of which. Top 10 list, I still want you guys to submit them. I I am starting to get them flowing in. I reached out to a couple more podcasters. They're going to send me theirs. Uh, So they are coming in, and it is very, and I mean very interesting to see how it's playing out because I'm I'm doing it as they come in. I'll add the next 10, and I'll, I'll, you know, average out the numbers and stuff. And it's so exciting to see, like, the leads change. 
Mm-hmm. When does okay, a little off? Well, not really off topic, but when does um, Bunny the Killer thing come out? That's next year. It, yeah, I was gonna say it, it doesn't say. On that's the side. part of the news. Oh, okay, okay. I was just wondering because I couldn't remember if there was a date on there. I just kind of glanced at it. So, um, but the, yeah, yeah. Um, I something I didn't hear either of you guys say in your lists, like a movie that I would recommend. <laughs> like, not I'm not saying you may or may not like it, but it's just kind of surprising I, I didn't hear it. Was Deep Dark? The movie about like the uh, the glory hole, the uh, horror glory hole movie. Yeah, I couldn't find it, man. I never even heard of that. Yeah, it's called Deep Dark. It just literally came out. Yeah, uh, yeah I have. Yeah, I have it written down actually, but I, I just figured it was going to be a no go. I couldn't find it. I've, I mean, I've watched it. I just would recommend, like, if you guys get a chance to watch it. I mean, it's not like, you know, it's just something that I didn't hear either you guys talk about, but thought it'd be pretty cool. Yeah, when when you uh, talked about the premise of that film, I I was like on my computer trying to find it. I was like, okay, yeah, <laughs> I need yeah, to find it, this man. It, it made a fucking the, hor- a horror film about a glory hole. It literally, well, it's not like a, it's not like a glory hole in a bathroom or anything. It's a hole that's in this guy's apartment, and basically the premise is this guy he's like an artist, and yeah. uh, he moves into his uncle's apart old apartment. It's like this really shitty rundown apartment because the uncle says that he may have some inspiration if he moves there. So he moves there and there's this hole in the wall and there's like a woman talking to him through this hole and like telling him (laughs) how to do all these like different, like, uh, like painting, not paintings, but he does these weird, like, I don't know how to explain it. Like they're like mobiles, like, like baby mobiles, but he makes them and he puts them in like an art gallery and she's like telling him how to make all these and he's just taking all the inspiration from this fucking hole in the wall in this shitty apartment, and he's like becoming rich off of all this. But and then all this other shit starts to happen. Like you just, it's really, really weird concept for a fucking movie. I mean, it was kind of like a like a random watch for me, and I actually yeah. didn't mind it. Like I didn't go into it expecting much, but it's a very well filmed movie. I mean, it's just very odd. Like it's just a really odd and fucking weird concept. Period. So I don't know. Definitely recommend checking it out if nobody's seen it, because uh, I haven't heard like anyone talking about it. And like, I just kind of came across it, and I was like, "Well, yeah, this might be something interesting for the guys to watch." So, yeah, that is a good point, man. I haven't really heard anyone talk about it except for I think you. You brought it up to. Did Matt see it too? Did someone else I, see it? I think Matt Cantor said that like uh, he had ordered it or he had bought it, and then I think Zach said he may have heard it or heard of it, but I mean, nobody like nobody so, really has mentioned it. <laughs> Yeah, so. where did you first hear about this? Because, yeah, I mean, so, when I – I was just shocked I hadn't heard of this, and I'm like – I was like – I don't my... remember what I was doing. I was on the internet, like, browsing around on somebody's YouTube channel, and I don't remember who the person was. It was some random YouTube channel, and somebody reviewed it, and I was like, what the fuck? I was like, let me check this out, and it literally, like, had just come out. Like, I think mm-hmm. it was, like, a straight-to-video kind of release. It, it obviously didn't have, like, a theatrical release or anything. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I couldn't imagine that movie having a fucking theatrical release. That'd be weird. But um, but yeah, it was like one of those things I saw on somebody. Somebody did a review of it. I kind of listened to a little bit of the review, and I was like, yeah, I'm about to fucking find out what this shit's about. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, I mean, it's it's literally a horror movie about a fucking hole in the wall. It's just mm-hmm. like a weird. I, I just don't know. Like it's just fucking weird. But yeah, check it out. I don't know. Yeah, and uh, and about a dude that's taking advice from a hole in the wall. He's literally becoming rich from taking advice from a fucking hole in the wall. And this hole in the yeah, wall is like it's kind of funny. The uh, the movie in like, you know, taking advice from some kind of weird object or whatever kind of reminds me of the movie uh, Motivational Growth. I think that was the title. 
um, yeah. that I'd reviewed last year. That that one is kind of similar, actually, where this um, – I know you probably heard me, the premise of it before, but it's about a guy that, uh, you know, he's kind of – he has, like, I don't know, whatever, what's that disease called? Like agoraphobia or whatever, where you just don't go outside? Yep. Or he's yeah. just kind of – he actually he doesn't necessarily have it. He's actually made the conscious choice of not leaving his apartment. He's, like – he's kind of come to a point in his life where he's, like, fuck society. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. So it kind of makes him a little crazy. But anyways, he starts like talking to this like mold. This He starts taking like advice from this mold and shit. <laughs> so it, in a way, and it's fucking, it's such a head, tri- it's a trippy fucking film. It's good, man. It's really, really good. I'll have to I check really that out. It. Like I remember yeah. like the cover of that movie, like the guy screaming <laughs> on the cover. I just, yeah. I've never seen it. So It's a well executed film actually. It's got some pretty funny parts. It's not like over the top funny, but it's like. You know, obviously the premise is goofy as shit, though, right? Like talking right. to a fucking mold and, and just the way it progresses and what it comes to. It's like, holy fuck, man. It's a fun, really entertaining film, man. Really good indie film. So I have to pick it up. I saw it at Family Video for like two bucks. So I might go pick it up. Just Oh, it's it. definitely worth that, man. Definitely check just it out. Just don't uh, try to swap the stickers. Yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> 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 fucking Jeremy. <laughs> God. That's uh, fucking good times, man. Good yeah. times. Apparently yeah. that didn't work out very well to my uh, <laughs> to my advantage. Uh, yeah, I'll just fucking tell everybody. So what I did, so I went to my local family video, and I really, really wanted – they have toxic – for some reason, my family video has the Toxic Avenger for rent on Blu-ray. And family video sells, like, the most random fucking movies. Like, they'll, like, just have movies that just sit out forever, and then they'll just randomly put them up for sale. And, like, literally, I've never seen the Toxic Avenger, like, ever be checked out. So what I did was I took a $5 sticker, I stuck it on the Toxic Avenger, and I was going to buy it. And I went up to the counter, and the guy was like, yeah, that's not for sale. Let me put that back for you. And I was like, oh, okay. And I just kind of walked out. The reason I did that is because fucking Jeremy told me that he did it, and he fucking got the Toxic Avenger Blue. He's like, oh, you can just stick a sticker on it. They, I mean, they'll, they just want to get rid of that shit, man. They'll sell it to you. And I fucking do it, of course. It's like the guy behind the counter is like, oh, no, we're not selling that one to you. So it, it was it was very was embarrassing. Like, I, I don't like, know, man. Uh, I, I literally, I, I bought something else just so it wasn't as awkward. I think I bought like the town that dreaded sundown or something, and I was like, "All right, I'm getting the fuck out of here." And I just, <laughs> it was just, it was just a fucking huge setup too. That's all it was. Yeah. Oh, dude. He just, yeah, he was... just wanted to make a fucking fool of you. Yeah, it probably did. That <laughs> it was... fucking worked though. Yeah, it did. I, I felt like a jackass. So. That's so funny, man. Like the. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't I like I just, was. I can just picture your fucking face being like, oh, for. Fuck. I was just like, uh, just devastated, devastated. <laughs> You're like, I'm not getting the Toxic Avenger Blu-ray for five bucks. Fuck my life, dude. It was. It Ugh. was like you know, I wasn't stealing or anything. I was like fucking gonna buy it, but it's like the guy fucking knew specifically that movie was not for sale, even out of the thousands of movies they have in that place. And I'm like, well, damn. <laughs> I guess they got. A, I got their scope set on the Toxic Avenger. I'm like, well, shit. Whatever. You know, it's funny too because in those rental places, like they can go into the history of you know the film. It's not like the the rental history of it, right? And if it hasn't been rented like in a certain time period, like a period of time or whatever, chances are they'll sell it to you, man. You know, if it hasn't been rented in like four or five months, they'll be like, "Well, it's been sitting here for five months and collecting yeah. dust. I'll sell it to you." I, I know that's the way it used to work around here because I used to do it all the time. Like I would bring up a movie and I'm like, "Hey." um, you guys want to see, or can I buy this? And they're like, yeah, we'll check the history. And I'm like, yeah, it hasn't been rented in eight months. And I'm like, I try to okay. do that. I'm like, hey, four bucks. There's a video store that I have now that is, uh, it's still a video store, which is crazy. It's, mm-hmm. it's just a like mom and pop type deal. 
And I always go in there and they'll have this wall where they'll have shit that they're selling. But it's like literally always this – it's been like there's titles that have been sitting on there for like seven, eight years like that nobody's buying. Like nobody's <laughs> ever going to buy them because I've bought all like the horror ones that are there. And every once in a while there will be like a new three up there or something. But I'll go upstairs and I'll be like – I'll be like uh, looking at titles. I'll be like, dude, you, you guys want to sell like any of these? Like, all, like there's so many films up here that – like I can't imagine ever get rented, and they'll never do it. They'll just never. They'll be like, no, no, we don't sell those ones. And I'm like, <sighs> I'm like, yeah. nobody's getting your well, eight films lame. to die for season two. That's super lame. Like nobody's Dude, the- renting those. <laughs> I don't care <laughs> what you say. Who the fuck is running the Toxic Avenger? Seriously, like I, I could imagine some somebody, some random, just going into family video and saying, oh, I'm gonna get the Toxic Avenger. They, they have like right. class of. Dude, the Toxic Avenger was one of the like most popular rental titles in like the well, 80s and 90s. If you kind of under like if you can see the area that I live in, like I just don't see very many people going in, and like I've never seen it like gone, like it's never. I mean, it may have been rented at some point, but I go into Family Video once a week, and they, it's always fucking there. It's got dust all over it. I'm like, what the fuck. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah, that's how those, uh, those ones that I told you've been sitting there for like seven years. Like they literally all have like cakes of dust on them. Like they're gross. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, did I, did I ever tell you about the story of me trying to buy Digging Up the Marrow from there? I fucking. <laughs> They had two fucking copies of Digging Up the Marrow, and like they had one for sale, but it wasn't. It was checked out. Like somebody rented it. I fucking go. I grab the fucking cover and I go up to the counter and I'm like, uh, yeah, because I, I really wanted to buy it. I wanted to see it at the time because it just come out like you know a couple months prior. And I was like, yeah, uh, is there any way when this comes back in, since it you know it's for sale, can I can I buy it? Like can you just hold it and I'll just come back up and buy it. And he's like, yeah, 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 we could do that for you. And then he he like looks up the history. That fucking movie was rented for six months and the guy didn't return. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, God damn. That's, like, of course. that's one that uh so you did see digging up the marrow then, huh? I haven't seen it yet. Oh, I haven't shit. seen it yet still. Yeah. I wanna see it, but it's like I, I got I wanna buy it. I want it. I wanna see it, but I'm not gonna buy it unless it's like three bucks at family <laughs> video. Yeah, I mean well, I mean it was five at the time, but they had like a I mean they had two copies and they yeah. usually like they're trying to like save shelf space. So they'll throw a sticker and, and sell one of them. But yeah, the, the one that they were trying to sell, he's like, yeah, it's been checked out for six fucking months. I'm like, oh well, yeah, I'm not going to look forward to that coming ever back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty safe to say it's not coming back. Yeah, I'm, I bet that that late charge was probably like a hundred dollars or some shit for that movie. Yeah, but That's stupid. well, yeah. Well, JP, do we got some news? Uh, yeah, we have a little bit of news this week. Like usual, as of late, it's just not very much. So first up, there's a little kind of like update. Not really an update, just like a comment on the Hannibal series. The showrunners were kind of interviewed and they said that uh, they think it might happen. Uh, but they also think that if it does happen, it needs to happen fairly soon because it's just not going to work if it doesn't. It's not going to work if they wait two or three years. Like It just needs to happen now if they're going to continue on with the series if another network will pick it up and uh you know just goes on to say like i think that it can happen you know I'm, i would be really excited if it did happen uh there's nothing concrete but you know there are a lot of rumors but nothing has happened yet <laughs> so i mean he's basically I'm really, just uh what if scenarios i'm just blown away that no one picked that up considering how popular you know well uh yeah, it was like, definitely it's really it's really popular, well. but a lot of people <clears throat> like everyone that talks about it says it's really really good, mm-hmm. and it had good ratings and stuff. So like, what what the fuck is the deal? Yeah, well, I do know Are people that... scared to take this on. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, we had talked about it before. I think the uh, you know it had a little bit of a 
a slide in ratings there. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Right. Like a little bit of a slide there. And, you know, but I mean, it's not enough to really cancel a show. So I'd like to know the whole history behind this, man. Yeah. And what the uh, hell happened? Then the uh, show creator, Brian Fuller, said that he would love to see the Hannibal series move forward with uh, the Silence of the Lambs arc with uh, Clarice Starling. And uh, he's like, as long as I'm alive, I'm going to be trying to get that done. So <laughs> wow. he uh, really wants to do it. And I would really like them to continue on with that show because uh, it seems like everybody freaking loves it. And as I recently have just picked up the Hannibal season one on Blu-ray for a mere $5 on Black Friday, that was definitely the deal of Black Friday, dude. Entire season on Blu-ray for $5. I thought deal. like there was some deal going on, and I, this isn't really horror related, but uh, I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan. I know they had like the seasons of Game of Thrones for like ten dollars, which they're normally like forty. Yeah, I saw crazy. that. I see them <laughs> at Walmart for like ten bucks or twelve bucks or something. I was like, holy shit! Damn, yeah, I wish deal. I would have known that because my cheap, pop man. loves that show, and I've been wanting to get him those sets. Yeah, I don't I'm even a, know why I didn't grab them. You know, I've only ever seen the first episode, but I've heard nothing but good things. I'm but, fucking uh, obsessed with Game of Thrones, dude. <laughs> yeah. I love that shit. You should it's, start it's a podcast really on it. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Uh, so uh, next up we have Strangers 2 gets a release date. The sequel to the 2008 hit The Strangers has been set for December 2nd of 2016. So a little less than a year away. Which I think is a great date to set a horror movie like that. Like December 2nd just seems like a good day for a horror movie to come out. So this is like a December sequel to the original movie. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't wonder how they're going to do that. <laughs> well, Maybe. as we all know how that one ended, it's kind of leaves you with room for a sequel. True, mm-hmm. I guess. It, it took them a long time to do a sequel. They've <laughs> been literally talking about it for like eight years. It's crazy. Hmm. Crazy that by the time it comes out, the strangers will have almost been out for like... A like the, the problem the problem with like talking it's about crazy. a sequel that long is it's leaving a lot of hype like if the movie ends up re- being really shitty that's going to be like really not that great because it, they talked about it and worked on it for so long so that's in my opinion whenever you are coming out with a like a sequel to a movie it should be like like maybe a year <laughs> or two after the original Here, here's Ky- like, here's kind of left with that here's uh, Kyle's logic he said if something shitty then it's going to be not that great. <laughs> well, no, what I'm saying, what I'm saying, no, no what I'm saying is like well at least put, a lot man. of hype for Very the movie. Very well put. So I, I couldn't agree more. No, I, really. I agree. It is, it is like, but uh, making sequels, you know, many years after original film, you know, I think for the most part, sometimes, you know, it, I don't think it works overly that well. But I mean, in certain cases, it does. I mean, look at uh, Psycho Two came out 22 years after the original one, and it's fucking awesome. Yeah. You know, so sometimes it works. I mean, Phantasm with, too. Phantasm two is another great one, yeah. And uh, I mean, but we have had some stinkers though in there, obviously. But uh, I don't know what to think about this. You know, I, I, I just really don't know. I actually am a fan of it because it's better than saying like, "Hey, we're going to remake the Strangers." Am I right? Yeah, sure. I mean, remaking the I think is just pointless. But uh, the sequel, I'm curious to see what they do. You know. I guess yeah. like, Strangers just, well, is such like the most I mean, simple film ever. Too. But you can totally go any way with uh, the Strangers too because mm-hmm. of the way it ended. You could literally go anywhere. 
Yep. I mean, so. dude, I thought I thought the strangers at the time when I first saw it was pretty creepy and like. You know, but that was a long time ago. And then, like, I, my mom wanted to like watch a horror. My mom loves horror movies, and she was like asking me what movies, and I let her borrow the Strangers. I was like, my mom's probably gonna be, my mom's like almost sixty. So my mom's gonna think this is fucking creepy because she thinks like dumb shit that I think are, is stupid. She thinks it's creepy. Like, she the, one of the movies she went and saw at the theater was uh, Insidious Three, and I watched it. And I liked it, but it wasn't creepy at all to me or anything. It was just kind of weird. But she watched it, and she's like, "This movie was stupid as hell, Kyle. Why did you even suggest this movie to me?" And I'm like, "Mom, that movie's kind of creepy." Like. With your type of style, I don't know. I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> like she's almost sixty, and she's like, "This is so stupid. Why would you ever let me borrow this movie?" So I'm like, "Okay, whatever. Fuck." So, I don't know. getting it from your mom—that's awesome. I guess so. So, cool. But anyway, so well, you better recommend some better movies, or else she's yeah. gonna bend you over her knee and fucking spank your bare butt. I'll, I'll let her borrow Orzoko, the Embalmer, and Serbian film the next time. <laughs> see if she, she thinks <laughs> yeah. about those too. Yeah, man. <laughs> Fuck! I was uh, me and the wife were out of town one time, and uh, my dad texts me up, and he's like, and he's like, uh, recommend me some films to watch. He's like, your collection is fucking too big. I can't go through this shit. He's like, I don't have the time for this bullshit. And he's like, I'm being super impatient. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, okay. So I recommended a Serbian film, antiviral, and life and death of a porno gang. Oh my god! <laughs> he watched fucking. He watched all three. He Did you like them? And I texted him back, and I was like, so what did you think of uh, Life and Death of a Porno Gang? Did you like the the part with the horse? And he's just like, you're a sick fuck. <laughs> what he fucking says oh to me, man. He, antiviral, he fucking hated. He's like, dude, he's like, that movie was just retarded, like, for lack of a better word. He's like, I, he couldn't stand it. And then Serbian film, he's just like, what is wrong with you? He's like, are you gonna, He's like, are you even allowed to have that in your collection? <laughs> Like he thinks it's illegal or some shit. <laughs> He's like, what the fuck? He's like fucking baby porn. I was like, ah, oh, of course. Like, He's yeah, like I... that. But uh, I was really shocked though. Like, you know, because my, I mean, my parents aren't that, that old, you know, they're just like in their early fifties. But, uh, you know, it was funny because my, I always thought my dad was a little more hip than my mom. And my dad's like, antiviral fucking sucked. And my mom's like, Rob, you're an idiot. It was great. And they're like arguing about antiviral and it was like fucking so funny. I'm like, this is awesome. That's funny as hell. Yeah. That's funny. Are you uh are you done with the uh the news, JP? Because I got a little tidbit of news I was gonna say. I'm not. I'm not done with the news. Alright, well. We'll save it for last. Okay, I'll throw it to you. But uh next up, uh AMC moves forward with another TV show. This one is about vampires, and it is going to be based on. It's an adaptation of Joe Hill's, which I believe is Stephen King's son. Correct? Yeah. N O S four A two. It's going to be a adaptation of that N O S four A two, which is a license plate number, by the way. Uh, I I haven't really looked into what it's about because it seemed a little confusing. It's like about vampires and like traveling through space and time i don't know it was like weird but it sounds kind of kind of interesting so that's going to be coming to amc as a tv series i believe hmm yep and then another tv series m night Shyamalan, who directed the visit which please know which is good uh is uh he came out with that tv show called wayward pines and it was supposed to be a mini series meaning it was one and done season. They were just doing the one season. It was an event series, I think they called it. And yeah. that was it. And it was over. And it actually got pretty solid ratings. Like I watched the first episode of it and I thought it was pretty good. 
and they ended it in the end of the first season. Well, apparently now, like since the show is so popular, they're greenlighting a season two. So that's mm-hmm. happening. Wayward Pine season two. More TV news. Correct. Uh, and to go away from some TV news, we actually have I, – like I didn't even read this article, but apparently The Ring versus The Grudge is happening. I saw that. I was like, what yeah, the Yeah, man. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to wrap my head around this. I don't understand that at all. Me like, neither. Because they're not like I, they, really they're not like people the that can like fight. They're just like stories. Dude, I mean so, Is that a you know, Japanese Asian, movie? Yeah, mm-hmm. they fucking looked they saw like Lake Placid versus Anaconda and they're like, Well, we can do this too. What what are our popular popular titles? Hmm. The Ring and The Grudge. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just verse them. You know that's Ring exactly two. how that Ringu happened, and right? Juan. <laughs> Ringu and Juwan were like, yeah, we'll just put a verse in there, and there you go, man. Fuck you, America. We can do it, too. That sounds stupid. I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I really want to I really wanna fucking know what the premise is. Yeah, I honestly I'm don't super know. curious. Like, I don't even understand how this could work, man. <laughs> like, like, they're I'm obviously sure. not going to fight. I mean, unless it, the, what they mean by that is it's just like they're, the two stories are just yeah, going to combine that, into one story, which I'd be fine That's with. what I'm thinking. That's exactly what I'm thinking, too. Like, so, like I, I'm a little curious on this. I picture like the cover of that movie being like, do you, ever, do you remember that movie called Frankenstein versus zombies? And it was like two heads. It was like a Frankenstein head and a zombie head. Yeah. I could picture yeah. like, it's like ring versus grudge. And it's like the fucking girl from the ring and the, and the grudge. And they're like looking at each other. And it looks like an MMA poster or some shit. Yeah, I have a feeling that the United States is not going to be rebooting this. <laughs> uh, it is Sadako versus Kayako. Yeah. <laughs> So Fuck, that is happening. Know. That is weird. Yeah, very. That is strange. Uh, after that, we have a few DVD slash Blu-ray announcements. First up, Anchor Bay is set to release Martyrs in January 22nd of 2016, and it will be hitting DVD and Blu-ray February 2nd of 2016. So I'm actually going to yeah. be able to watch this in 2015. With a release date of 2016. That's, I don't think that's ever happened. It's pretty cool. Yeah, so pff, who knows, right? Mm. I mean, I'm waiting to see the original so then I could check out this remake, but I might I might have screening links for you guys if you guys are not interested. Have you not um, seen the original ever? Nope. Wow. Hmm. I thought you had. Nope. That's probably the third time you asked me that. I, I I have a horrible memory, bro. <laughs> Give me a break. All right. So sometimes af- I got like a goldfish memory too. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I do too. I honestly do. So <laughs> after that, we have Crimson Peak. It will be heading to DVD and Blu-ray January twenty-sixth. So that is one that we're gonna be missing out on, <sighs> which sucks, you know, because that one is. So so does that one become? Uh, like a 2016 film. I say for 2016? no because we had the chance to see it this year because it had a wide theatrical release. Oh, you had a chance to see it, not me. You're telling me it did not have a release in Canada. I never heard of it coming here. Huh? It probably did, but not around my area. It was but a honestly, pretty wide man, release because I even had it, and I don't get nothing, dude. I didn't even get the Green Inferno. Yeah, it was over here. I saw the the Green Inferno. It was like at every theater down here. Mm-hmm. Okay, bragger, shut up. Then we have Dude, you live in Pittsburgh, man. <laughs> I don't. Pittsburgh should have like every I don't. single. I don't. Pittsburgh does have everything, but Pittsburgh is like forty minutes away. 
Uh, whatever. So after that, we have Goosebumps. Uh, that's getting a Blu-ray release on January 12th. No, See, this is what I freaking hate about these damn releases because they always put the dig- digital version first. So digital, it will be January 12th, and DVD and Blu-ray, it will be January 26th. Okay. I hate that. So that's that. Actually, I'm really curious to check that one out because it, like, I've heard so many good things about it. You know, obviously it's a kids movie. Actually, so have I. I've heard really good things about it too. I was gonna go check it out, and I just didn't have the time, man. Didn't have the time. Yeah, sucks. So Screen Factory announced uh, a new film that is hitting the IFC Midnight label. It's called Narcopolis. And it's set in 2024, so it looks uh, mm-hmm. looks pretty cool. It's about drugs, some kind of drug that's been legalized, and uh, police and black market dealers. And it, it kind of sounds like uh, antiviral a little bit in terms of just like this futuristic fucking drug thing. Hmm. So uh, yeah, who knows about that one? Uh, we always know that they're very hit and miss with their IFCs. Yep. So after that, finally, we have a little announcement from Art Exploitation, and it is this this thing is called Bunny, the Killer Thing, and <laughs> it looks like just just like what what it <laughs> looks like something I'm gonna love and you're gonna hate. It's maybe gonna be so awesome. Maybe, but I might like it as well because I like I didn't. I did, can you, like did you watch the trailer? Like I did not. Did you watch the trailer? Neither did I. I think Matt did, and he was he told me about it, and I was like, "Oh my god, that sounds so up my alley." I was like, "This bunny fucking running around with this floppy cock hanging out." Yeah. So the the premise that's really is, funny. Is, uh, these uh, group of people, Finnish people, go out to this uh, cabin, <laughs> and uh, they meet some other people there, and then they meet a creature that is half man, half rabbit, and is after anything that resembles the female genitalia. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, honestly, okay, you know that I normally don't like ridiculously Uh, stuff like that, but at the same time, I do sometimes, too, if it's done right. See, right there, man, it's just like... I hate because I think that it was done terrible, but it can be done right. Oh, man, if if this thing's like anything like the taint, which is probably not going to be, but I love the taint... Like, so. a good example is, like, Wadzilla. That one's got a lot of exploding cocks in it. Wadzilla from Chillerama. Like, I love that segment. I think it's hilarious because it's satire. It's satire on giant monster movies, but they replace it with a sperm. That's funny to me. Mm-hmm. You know, so I do – just because just I normally don't like them, it's because I don't like the ones that are just so – like, the worst horror movie ever made or whatever. Like, the Bills is above stuff. To me, it's just not creative. If this one's creative, I'll give it a fair shot. And – Honestly, like the poster looks really creative because it's a bunny with a penis hanging below it. That <laughs> 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 could easily be mistaken as a bunny tail. Yeah, that's so, pretty awesome. It's pretty I don't awesome. know, man. This is this is this coming out from art exploitation <laughs> next year, and I'm I'm just curious to see what the hell this is gonna be like. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we'll definitely <laughs> check that out. But uh, Kyle, what did you have, man? Um, I actually got two things. Um, I was trying to figure out what the name of this movie was because uh, Joanna posted it on the group page, and it looked really, really cool. Um, it's called Baskin. <laughs> Baskin. Uh, it's a movie called Baskin. It's coming out January the 1st of next year. 
I just wanted to kind of like talk about it for a minute. It, it says the the pretty much I watched the trailer. The trailer looks crazy, but uh, it says here a squad of unsuspecting cops goes through a trap door to hell when they stumble upon a black mass in an abandoned building. But like the trailer looked like crazy, like like very. I don't know, man. It just looked fucking crazy, and I just wanted to kind of like mention that that's coming out uh, in January. It looks like it's a foreign movie. Um, uh, it's from Turkey, it says. But she posted it, and I watched the trailer. I was like, "Damn, that's kind of a crazy." I don't know. It I've just actually heard really two reviews on it, both negative. Both negative. <clears throat> so we'll see. We'll see. I don't but know. it did sound interesting to me as well. Also, I don't know if you caught hmm. this, but I forgot. Arrow announced a double feature box set featuring it's titled Death Walks Twice and it's two films by Luciano Ercoli. 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 And it is Death Walks something. Death Death Walks on High Heels and Death Death Walks at Midnight. Yes, correct. Correct. You are correct, sir. So that's another box set coming out from Arrow. Um, They look like Giallo's. Cool. I'm fucking. I'm absolutely stoked for this. It's so cool that they announced this. I've never seen either one of these films, cool. so I'm just like, yeah, giddy up, Italian stallions. So baby, what, baby. Else, what else did you have, uh, Kyle? This this is kind of just something I wanted to uh, just say, I guess, uh, or mention. Uh, it's not 100% horror related. I guess the acting could be considered horror, but uh, so uh, have you either of you guys seen the movie The Room? Nope. I I've actually it, never though. seen it before. No, you know what I, I'm I mean, talking heard, about. You, you know what I'm I've talking heard about. about this one for years. Okay, so James Franco and Seth Rogen and Dave Franco are making a movie about the making of that movie, uh, and it started filming December the seventh. And dude, I I just can't deal with it. Like they're they're, you just go online, look up a guy named Tommy Wiseau. He's like the worst actor like ever in existence, and like I guess Seth Rogen and James Franco got obsessed with. Uh, this guy in this movie and they're making a movie about the making of that movie. I just thought it was funny. Like, yeah. So it's kinda... like an Ed Wood type thing. Yeah. I mean, well, the guy, one of the guys in the original movie wrote a, <clears throat> like a, a book about, you know, how he basically got into the movie and they're making a movie based off of that book. Okay. That's so, cool. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. pretty funny. I don't know. Yeah, I, I know. Wanted... This sounded super interesting. I was like, ah, I know. I've I've heard people talk about this movie forever, and they always say it's like the worst fucking film of all time. Yeah, it kind of <laughs> has so one of those funny, like because it was night. supposed to be like a good film, you know, like it had this theatrical release tanked because uh, I've seen clips though. <laughs> Man, oh my god, it's just I, I don't know why I've been holding off. I gotta check this movie out. You really do need to watch it, dude. I would love to hear what you think about this fucking movie. <laughs> it's so it's like like you could be having the shittiest day and watch go on YouTube and watch clips of the movie and your life will instantly be you'll be happy. You'll just like turn around hundred percent. Just be it's happy. just worth living for, right? It really is. It's the best. <laughs> but I just thought I'd throw that out there because he po- he posted a picture on Instagram, James Franco did, of himself dressed up as Tommy Wiseau, and he looks exactly fucking like him. It's it's really weird. It's just yeah, so it's... fun. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, that was my little tidbits there. So. All right, cool. That wraps up the news moods. All righty, so getting into mood swings and the DVD and Blu-ray releases for December 15th, 2015. And actually, you got a fair, about, fair amount for um, for this week, actually, considering it's been, it's been rather slow, I want to say. So... Uh, 
But first up here from Scream Factory, we've got a double feature featuring the Dungeon Master and Eliminators. Um, yeah, weird double feature. Wait, was Dungeon Master already released by them? Yeah, Dungeon Master was on uh, the four pack. One, one of the four packs. Eliminators was actually released by. Actually, no, it wasn't released by them. No, yeah, so that's I like a weird double. No, I, I no, I was thinking Eliminators was on one of the four packs of Shell Factory, like one of the sci-fi four okay. packs. Um, but I don't think it actually was. So I think this might be just a new pickup or whatever. But yeah, Dungeon Master, which is really, really cheesy shit. And Eliminators, I've never actually seen before. So that's coming out. New double feature uh, from Arrow, um, which I think I think in the UK, they already it's already been released. But we're get we're finally getting this released. Uh, Blood Rage on December 15th, uh, the three disc edition of Blood Rage. So really, really excited for that. I was actually checking out my pre-order the other day. The date said August 3rd. I pre-ordered this on. Wow. <laughs> like, holy fuck, man. Huh. It's like six months ago. It's crazy. But it's finally coming here. Uh, obscure slasher film from the 80s. Blood Rage. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, next up here from Scream Factory, we've got uh, the collector's edition of The Car. And I do have to agree, man. I know Zach's it's always It's actually rain. not a collector's edition, by the way. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, just changed the cover art. That's right. Um, you're right. That the cover art that they went with here, this commission artwork is is awesome. It really is, man. It's like one of my favorite cover arts, fucking by Screen Factor. I love it. it. Looks awesome. It's pretty cool. So and it's a good film too, man. If you've ever seen the car before, it's really fun shit. So um, yeah. Um, from Blue Underground, we've got Eugene. <laughs> this is just ridiculous. Like I can't believe a movie like this is getting a three disc version. Like it's just Franco, man. Why is Jess Franco getting so many amazing additions from like all these awesome companies? Again, I will remind you, it's a Jess Franco film. So it seems like what it is is a Blu-ray, a DVD version, and then a CD. The soundtrack, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, but even putting, you know, that much effort into it, it's like, holy shit, man. But Eugene, it's smut. Um, it's smutty Jess Franco, man. <laughs> That's what it is. Uh, and then speaking of Jess Franco... Um, we got another uh, release here from Blue Underground. We got uh, Marky Desai's Justine. Uh, it's pretty much on the same level as Eugene. Um, I actually smut. love the cover to Justine, by the way. Yeah, it's it's actually pretty cool. And again, Blu-ray, DVD, uh, soundtrack, three-disc, limited edition Blu-ray. Um, so and I believe these are actually pretty damn expensive, aren't they? Yeah, these are like 25 I think they're like pre-ordered up here. They're like 38 or 39 bucks. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> who the fuck is paying that shit, man? Ridiculous. Um, we got a new Blu-ray release from Troma, the last horror film, a.k.a. Fanatic. Um, yeah, Troma's been pumping out blu-rays lately like they don't even announce these things they just put them out you know what i try to get on their really press list strange. forever just to know when they're announcing things and they they like emailed me and then like they just straight up like blocked me like not <laughs> actually blocked me but just like just never responded again i was like fine and that's why i don't like trauma fuck you <laughs> Yeah, that's well, pretty I'm fucking good. But then again, but then again, there's been lots of companies that haven't responded. Yeah, to Yeah, so. but it, honestly, like I didn't even request like the screeners or anything. Like I was like, can I get press releases mm -hmm. for when your films are coming out? Yeah, they said yeah, and they never sent me anything. Never once did they send me. Maybe they don't do press. I don't know. Maybe they don't do press releases. 
I'm pretty sure that they do screeners and stuff because I know I think there's a few YouTubers out there that are getting these releases. Joe Spitzer's so, in this. Yeah, and Carolyn Monroe. Yeah. Hmm. I like this movie, man. I think it's actually really good. I Is mean, it twenty four dollars good. They're asking twenty four bucks for the Blu-ray. Five. Holy fuck. Crazy. No. <laughs> He's like, no, it's not that good. <laughs> well, I mean, let's put it this way. It's a trauma Blu-ray release, so I imagine the transfer... I mean, some of their newer stuff has actually been pretty decent. Like, you know, if you exclude Rabbit Grannies, which was just like a raging piece of shit release. But um, apparently some of the newer stuff has been okay. So, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Cool. Um, again, from Arrow, uh, which I actually ordered this yesterday because I forgot to. Um, but yeah, what have you done to the solage? Solange. Um, it's like a pretty obscure, like 70s kind of giallo. Uh, it's got Camille Keaton in it. Pretty cool stuff. So I'm looking forward to this. Never seen it before, but looks like an awesome release. Of course, Arrow always putting out the goodness. Uh, again, from Screen Factory, Busy Busy, right? We got Zombie High with Virginia Madsen. Um, you guys ever seen Zombie High before? I have. I have not. Yeah, I've seen it before. I actually like Zombie High. Yeah, I so watched okay. it in preparation for the 1987 show we did on the Burial Grounds. Really? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, Zombie High. I actually like the movie. Not too, not too, too bad. So, um, yeah, fucking Screen Factory, man, so busy. Uh, we got one here from I want to say this is Wild Eye, and I love the cover art, man. Acid Bath. <laughs> the fucking. It awesome is some mouth. awesome cover art. <laughs> They always have good cover art. I love Wild Eyes cover art. Man, this shit is I cheap would just as fuck want that for my collection, like just because that's a cool cover. Yeah, like, man, even it, if the like, movie's garbage, I still want that. Seven ninety nine. Yeah. Oh yeah. Morbid was had wicked cover art, and it was a horrendous film. <laughs> like I gave it a one and a half out of ten. That's wow. Year. It was fun, and the director even commented on it too. He's like, "You didn't really like my film too much," and I'm like. Nah, man, it was it was a raging piece of shit. I'm not gonna lie, it was terrible. Wow. <laughs> it was fucking awesome. awful. It was like one of the worst things I've seen in so long. It was just bad. The, co- the cover art's so awesome, though. I know, and that's what sells it, man. Because if it didn't have that cover art, if it had like mediocre cover art, you know, it'd been like, well, it's you know, whatever. It is what it is. Yeah, um, we got one here from uh, oh, it's Wild Eye. Also, the life of death, hmm. the life of death, and it's just got like a. <laughs> A, a headstone on it. Oh wow, what's going on here? It says, "How much do you want to die?" Carolyn Monroe's in this. Jack Ketchum, Tom Sullivan, what? Lloyd Kaufman, Debbie Roshan, and more. So, what the fuck is this about? Wow, is it like a doc? Uh, oh, it is. It says this documentary explores how death is perceived by group horror professionals and its influence on their work. Awesome. Huh. That cool. sounds cool. Totally I was just talking this. to Jeremy about that when he was interviewing me about how That's... we're how we like. We like, we're obsessed with death. Hmm. Interesting. Um. Next up here, we got one from Unearth Films, and it's called Madness of Many. Man, Unearth has put out a lot of films this year. It I seems like, like that cover, by the way. Yeah, it's kind of cool. So I'm assuming it's some type of torture type thing. I don't know. It's always t- tough to tell with these covers these days. But Unearth Films, if you're unfamiliar with them, they put out some pretty brutal eh, stuff. Mostly. Pretty insane stuff, actually. Put up pretty nuts stuff. But um, yeah, next up here from, I believe this is again Wild Eye. You know, Wild Eye with the releases, man. They're just, fuck, man. They pump them out, don't they? Oh, yeah. 
Uh, Bread and Circus. This one looks pretty cool. Again, really cool cover art. It and goes hand in hand shit. with Acid Bath. Like I bet oh, you the does, same man. artist did them. It does, man. This one right here is cheap as fuck too. Seven ninety nine, man. Crazy. But yeah, cool cover art. Um, and then we got one here called Blood Factory, being released by Lost Empire. <laughs> I don't know the la- the label at all. Called Blood Factory. You know what? Um, the same artist did do both of those. I was correct. Yeah, it looks very similar. So Blood Factory, eh, you know, who knows? <laughs> and then uh, we got from Severin. Oh, is this right? Yeah, this is right, right? Severin. Uh, Count Dracula is coming. I've actually never seen this version. What, like, when was that made? Like, like a long time ago? Or is it? Count Dracula was made in the 70s, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Uh, with Christopher Lee. Uh, playing Dracula. Oh, okay. I know. Okay. That so it's like sense. one of his later, one of his later yeah. ones. So, um, yeah. And then uh, uh, from Scream Factory, which I thought that, I thought this had already come out, but maybe it didn't come out. I don't know. Um, which was Women, uh, Women's Prison Massacre. Didn't it come out last week though? Yep. Wasn't it supposed to come out last week? Did it actually come out though? I think so. Okay. And then access so, okay. And then what's uh and the last one here from Troma is the complete Toxic Avenger collection on Blu-ray. Oh, so that's coming out this week too? December fifteenth, yeah. I actually want that. I want that. I know too. that the eighty eight films versions are probably better and shit, but I feel like this would be a cheap way to get it. Well, yeah, I, well it says it's fifty bucks. Well, that's Amazon. not going to stay for very long. Let's be honest. No, it, it'll probably go down. But I mean, still with the four films, it's actually you know it's better than buying them individually. But I'm assuming these are all the director's cuts. See, with the 88 films releases, the problem was is that part one, part two, and part four were the director's cuts. Part three, for some odd reason, is like just the regular cut. Hmm, I'm like, that is weird. What the? Fu-? And I didn't even know that because I'd picked up all four of them. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? What the hell's up with that? I know it, they got a lot of fucking bitchy feedback on that one. So, but I'm assuming these are all, you know, the director's cuts. Yeah, I, so. I've wanted to see this, um, all of those. I've been looking for a way to get those for years. Like, just, I know that there's been releases and there's been box sets and stuff, but I just have always kind of put it off. So I'll probably keep an eye on this set to drop and finally, finally get those films. It's crazy, man. I think I have like four or five different copies of all four films. I know. <laughs> it's like so crazy how many I have. Fuck. Yeah. But I, uh, it's kind of it's kind of cool, man. I actually like the cover art on this set too. It's nice. They um they have a sale on their website right now for twenty percent off Blu-rays and sixty percent off all DVDs until Christmas. <laughs> for on um, what trauma? Trauma site, yeah. Don't they have like ridiculous shipping on there though? Like yeah, even for American you. citizens. Oh. <laughs> Oh no, it's bad. Like w- like one DVD is like you know like thirty bucks. I think I think you're so. right because I I think I made like I was gonna buy a bunch of trauma movies at one point and then the shipping mm-hmm. was like really high. Like if I remember right, and I yeah. was like, yeah, fuck that. The shipping was almost as much as the DVDs were. Yeah, yeah. Full Moon used to be really like I remember when they used to have their sales. They would do all free shipping, and I thought it was mm-hmm. so great. And they stopped doing that because they always have Full Moon. For those of you who don't know. Their biggest sell is always on Valentine's Day. And it's like usually 50% off or something, I think. And yeah, they they used to offer free shipping with that. Not anymore, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I think it was like, what, a couple years back, I went to go make an order on Trollman. 
I just wanted to check out the shipping, and it was. It was like literally like twenty something bucks per DVD. That's crazy. Canada. And I was like, what? I'm like, that can't be right. But no, it turns sense. out it is. <laughs> it doesn't make sense at all. I, I think it's just like, I mean, if they don't want to ship internationally, just say you don't ship international. Yeah. Like, why would you ever charge that? Because no one's gonna, no one's ordering from out of country and paying those shipping prices. Ridiculous. Have you ever, have you ever seen the movie Alien Blood? Alien Blood is, yeah, it's really, that looks really bad. Horrible. Oh my god, the cover art's so fucked. Alien Blood is really bad. That it's looks really bad. shitty. It's too fucked. It's two fucking dollars on their website. <laughs> yep. I would actually like yeah. to dra- grab some of these traumas. I'm on their website right now looking at some of them. And there's some titles that I kind of want. A lot of them are out of stock. <laughs> a lot of the cheap ones. I'm yeah, if you go to oldies, man, a lot, of those, a lot of those titles you can get for, you know, two, three, four, yeah. five bucks. I want Poultry, poultry so. Geist. Actually, that's, that's actually one that I like. You can get that on there for like five bucks. I want the Blu-ray. On though. oldies. So. Um, but yeah, my uh, my pick of the week... My release of, of the, the week. week. Um, yeah, actually, you got a ton of releases this week. Uh, Two good ones to Scream, choose from. Yeah, Scream Factory and you know Blue Underground and Arrow, like all the big ballers in here, or even Troma with a couple releases. Fucking Wild Eye, of course, every week. How many how many releases do you think Wild Eye's put out this year? Like it must be like <laughs> it has they to must be have more put out like anybody else. Yeah, it must be like a hundred films. Like it seems like every week there's two or three or four. That's fucking incredible, man. Yeah, really? they, they pump them out pretty quick, man. Like they uh, I went to their website and they, they sent me like some screeners to to review and they sent me probably, I don't know, five or five or six, maybe a little bit more like like six months ago. And I went on their website. There's like so many new movies they have. It's insane. I'm like, well, <laughs> they are very generous with their screeners when you get on their list and you're like, hey, can I get this? And they're like, yeah, I'll send you a box. It's like a box. Well, <laughs> the, I know. Reason, the reason they're like that is because these are really, really low budget, like, you know, independent movies. Movies, and that's really the only way they're going to get the name of these movies out there is if people start reviewing them and people watch reviews. So it kind of mm-hmm. makes sense that they're like that. But I don't know. It's yeah, they are. They pump their movies out like so quick. It's insane. Yep. Yeah. So what is all it right. Be? So um, I am for this one. I am going to be going to Arrow. Arrow's release of Blood Rage. That is my pick of the week. Yeah, I don't think you can really go against that one. That that that's it, one that I I would say so too. And and for a different uh, you know a couple different reasons you know Blood Rage is this is the first you know uh, media release for DVD and Blu-ray of it. Um, but it's also the fact that Arrow's put a lot of work into this. You know they, they did delay this release for good reasons. You know they end up putting more doing more stuff for it. You know adding a third disc and everything. And you know I think it's just worth it. Mm-hmm. You know. It's an 80s obscure slasher, and they, they're really doing it justice. <laughs> so it's kind of crazy. But, yeah, definitely grab Blood Rage. Can't uh, hmm. go wrong with one. So it's actually not too badly priced on your 25. Yeah. It's not bad. So, uh, it's better than the 50 that it's on Amazon.ca. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So getting into the uh, voicemails and questions. Did we got some this week? Did we have any questions that were written in? I don't believe so. Okay, so we have two voicemails. Uh, I'm not sure which one I'm going to play first, but I will play one. And, uh, yeah, I think we have one from Derek and one from Lewis. Hey, guys. Derek here. I have a a suggestion and a question for you guys. Now, my uh, (laughs) suggestion is I think it would be interesting if you guys got, like, a 
maybe like the Facebook group to suggest like segments for knowledge. Like uh, you start like a knowledge thread on the Facebook group page where you guys get the few topics that you like to have the listeners hear about or like the group page. It, it'll be a good interaction, I think. And now on to my uh, question. Now, we all know that uh, Scorpion releasing and uh, Kino made this uh, deal together. But when this deal happened, uh, we lost a lot of, like, uh, titles from Scorpion in the process, like House of the Sorority Row and uh, The Unseen and Day of the Animals. They all went out of print and, and fortunately they went overpriced even on like the, the Code Red page and Diabolic DVD. They're still a little higher priced than they usually were when they were in print. So my idea, do you think it's a gift but a curse when Scorpion made that deal? That's all. Hope to hear back from you guys. Peace out. So that was Derek. Uh, well, I mean, with every gift, there's always probably a curse, right? True. You know, that's just the way I look at it. So, you know, honestly, man, it's good and bad. I mean, obviously, obviously, the bad is that when Scorpion signed their deal with Kino, they uh, Kino wasn't willing to take the, uh, their back catalog. You know, that's the downfall and all those things went out of print. So that sucks for the people that never picked up any of these. Yeah. But the upside is the releases now have a wider release and they're also a little cheaper too. Um, you know, and they're more readily available to the, you know, the people out there. So yeah, I mean, there's a good and bad. I mean, you know, for me, it's not so bad because I have all those older releases, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, you're so I bought it. <laughs> Well, no, I just, I'm just saying, I mean, for me, but you know, I, it just depends on who you are. Like if you already have these releases, it's like, well, whatever. But, uh, you know, I've been supporting Scorpion for a long time. Um, but yeah, it does suck that a lot of their back catalog. So why did uh, that happen though? Cause I didn't quite understand that. Uh, Kino, well, when Scorpion and Kino merged, um, Kino basically just said that they didn't want to take on a lot of the old Scorpion releases. Right. So Scorpion was forced to just put them on a print. Hmm. Right, so they didn't. So they took some of their time, but they still you know, own they the rights to them. I guess. So then I guess, they can but, come you know, back Scorp- in print. I, I guess if Scorpion just put them out like by no, themselves, I'm saying, like, I guess if or something. Just, like if Kino's like, hey, we need a title to like release. We're kind of you know running out of stuff, or like they're like, well, I think we need something to fill the month of April. Like, couldn't they just be like, well, the way the way I was perceived and the way I read it was that they didn't sign for any of those. They it was for like all future releases with Scorpion. Right. So everything that they're going to be putting out now, like as, you know, as a dual company is theirs. And like Kino is just not. I mean, I guess a Scorpion could probably re-release these just by themselves, I guess. But I don't think that's what they're trying to do because they're trying to move forward. You know, that's why they signed the deal with Kino. Right. Yeah. But you're also not going to release them like right away either. But I'm saying like since they have a relationship, then it is technically possible that they could re-release them in the future it's not like they like well the, the way i read it was that they you know they didn't kino never signed anything with these older films they just did not take them 
right? Mm-hmm. So if Kino didn't sign on to take them, they're not going to re- they're not going to release them. Yeah, but what? So. Like I'm saying, since the the obviously if they're working together still, like they have a relationship together, so it is possible yeah. to make another deal. Is kind of what I was getting at. I guess, but I mean, it's a lot of paperwork, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, there's already a legal bind there for future releases and stuff. And I mean, obviously, Kino, I, I think they would have taken that back catalog. You know, I, I'm really surprised that they didn't because there's a lot of good titles in there that went out instantly out of print. So we're sure that they didn't. Then they went instantly out of print whenever. Well, um, the the they thing signed. is, it's because because Scorp- when Scorpion signed with Kino, they're bound with Kino right now. They can't actually release stuff on their own. You know, because they formed with Kino. Yeah. Right. So they can't just start releasing things and making money on the side. They just can't do that. And Kino didn't want, I guess, the burden of all these past release i don't know why they didn't take them it's really strange but But do we know that they didn't did they say we we didn't take that or is that just assumption no it's not assumption i read it okay i literally read that before yeah no i'm just asking i'm just asking yeah Yeah. so and that's why like everything went out of print like instantly and it kind of sucked because there was a lot of good titles in there so but you know gift and a curse i mean it's both you know it's better for like future releases for scorpion because now you can get them in more places. Yeah, you know, it was a little harder before. So, as long as but. the rights aren't like tied up, as long like if who if uh, Scorpion owns the rights to them, then they mm-hmm. they could like license them to other people. Like, yeah, maybe they couldn't release them themselves because uh, you know that would go against their contract against like Kino or whatever. But if they own the films, they could technically license them out either to Kino or somebody else. But I don't, yeah. So that's good that they're not like actually like like all of a sudden like the rights expired and went to somebody else or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's Yeah, in which in which I mean we would never know what the rights issues are. Mm-hmm. You know, it's probably not just full public knowledge and stuff. So who knows? I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, if we start seeing some of these older Scorpion releases being released by other companies, yeah, they obviously subletted their the rights out or whatever, right? Yeah. You know. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, but then again, who who even says that they own those films to begin with? Maybe they well, licensed yeah. them. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So maybe that's why the rights didn't go over to Kino because they were licensed from Scorpion from another company. It could be. It could be. Yeah. So we don't really know. Yeah, so that's the problem. Nobody ever. They never like these companies never like tell you like this information. It's yeah. So hard to like find out. You can find out if you dig deep enough, but it's hard. Uh, the other part, and of then the- and then of course, and then of course, sometimes when you dig deep, and you get wrong information too. Yeah, like you know, you've been told wrong information from yeah. direct sources. Synapse. That like Synapse yeah. told me wrong information. <laughs> and and that's what I'm saying. That's why the rights issue conversations are always a fucking mess. They are. You know, like there's films, even to this day, like that even po- semi popular films and stuff that nobody fucking has a clue who really owns these things. Yeah. <laughs> you know. It, that that just blows my mind. It blows my mind. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So, yeah. Yeah. So the other part of that question was about knowledge, and yeah, we we said that. Like, send us topics, um, on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, and email. If you want to hear, if you want to hear us talk some nonsense about specific topics, send the fuckers in. Yeah. Send them away. Yep. Send them over. Email, whatever, doesn't matter. Phone. Phone them in. <laughs> so doesn't matter. Uh, Just let us know. Yeah, 
actually earlier I said that we only had two voicemails, but actually we have three, so uh, we have two more. So uh, next up we have the second voicemail. I actually don't know who all these are from, but we'll play them as we go through. Hey guys, this is Luis Alfredo Soto, and I have a question for you guys. Uh, given the fact that I'm coming up on a one-year anniversary of joining the Facebook group, how has that group changed? Has it become better, worse, or stayed the same? I really would like to know your thoughts on this. So, I personally think we have the greatest horror group in existence. And I believe that. I've been part of a lot of horror groups and they're not as active as ours. They're not as awesome as ours. And I love ours. Ours. Yeah, that's the thing, man. I'm, I'm part of a lot too. And I notice that the the activity on a lot of these groups isn't, you know, there a lot. You know, it's the same shit over and over again. I notice that like people will post things, but no one will ever respond. No one will like anything. Yep. It's like the conversation is fucking dead. And like I was actually scrolling through one group page the other day and there must have been I'm not even exaggerating. It must have been about 15 posts in a row and like not one comment, not one like. And I'm mm-hmm. like, the fuck is there? This is like, this is boring. Yeah. For lack of a better word, it's just boring. Like, and with our group, I find that, you know, people are always conversating. People and the best thing about friends. it, though, well, that's the thing. People become friends, you know, outside of it and things. But the, the beef is that almost a zero. Yeah. You know, there's is. really no stupid bullshit that's going on like we we've got like five mods in there and nobody ever really has to do the job we've only had like a couple beefs that even happen ever yeah and and that's what I'm saying. but the best thing about it is the activity the activity is just awesome you know always will, a good response for everything that gets posted i will say that like i've added <clears throat> a couple of my friends to the group and my friends are like wow these guys know what the fuck they're talking about with movies like I've actually been told that by like people that you know. I have a friend. His name's Devin, and I added him to the group. Devin Conwell. I grew up with that guy, and he's like huge into horror movies. And I, I was like, dude, I'm gonna add you to this Facebook group that I'm a part of. They they know a lot about you know the genre, and they, they just have a lot of suge- good suggestions. And he, I added him, and he's like, damn, he's like, dude, these guys know what the fucks up, man, you know. And I don't know. I, I think it's cool because I I go into other you know groups, Facebook groups, and it's not like that with other groups. Like, I mean, you see people talking and conversing, but like, there's like full on conversations going on in this group, and people get involved with things. And I don't know, it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just one part of it too. And um, you know, we have you know contests on there. Like, I mean, we had the Secret Satan thing that we did uh, that Brandon did in October, which was really cool. Um, the NFL tournament. We have the NFL tournament picked uh, league. Um, there's just a lot of things that are going on right now. There's a, a short story uh, competition that's happening on there, and people are participating and they're being active, and that's what I like about it. So yeah, it's great. I really great. do, and it started out great too. Like we didn't have to go through the slow building process of having 25 members or whatever. You know, like within the first like week of actually like using the group, we had like probably over 100 members because we were all had previous backgrounds right like Moots yeah. was on youtube i was on youtube so we didn't have to have that long like slow build it, it instantly was fun and it's instantly it's gotten better too it's it's great and as we grow we're at 626 members now uh i get to know more people people who like look at kyle like he just popped up out of nowhere right like we yeah. mm-hmm. we didn't really know him and now like we talk to him all the time yeah, and he was just a 
like listener or uh, uh, like you a viewer of moods or something, right? Yeah, I mean, I I just like I actually came. I don't remember what the first video of moods is I watched. I, I typed in something on YouTube. Somehow <laughs> came came to his his page, and I just started like because I really wanted to start collecting. I never really collected before, and I guess I just started looking at a lot of his videos. And then I somehow ended up on the Facebook page. I don't remember exactly how, but uh, but yeah, I was just kind of like a random. You know, YouTube watcher. I mean, I had my other channel that I did for a while there, but you know, I wanted to start a new channel up. I wanted to start collecting. I came came across his page, and then I came across your page, JP, uh, and I just started like you know subbing people, and it was just kind of just random. You know, it wasn't anything. You know, I wasn't like seeking out to be friends with anybody or anything like that. But it just kind of happened, I guess. It's kind of nuts. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. I love the group page. I fucking yeah, recommend I've, everybody because there's definitely people. Just judging by the downloads we get, there's people who are listening right now on their iPod who are not part of the group page, and you guys are crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like it definitely hasn't uh, like digressed at all. It's, it seems to always be pushing forward, which is a good thing. So, mm-hmm. And we're starting you know. to actually have a little power. Like we uh, we go over to screen. I'm like, hey, everybody, go over to Scream Factory's page and ask them why the hell they're doing this. And then like everybody does. Oh, you know, speaking of that, you want to hear something fucking funny? What? Um, so I just got an email from Scream Factory, Nuh-uh. and it says, it says, we've received your proof of purchase and replacement request. Expect this to ship sometime next week. Regards, customer service, Shout Factory. So did we jump the gun? I don't what I'm confused on why it said only US customers though. Like I'm really really confused on why sure that was written. Sure didn't say American customers? No, it said Amer- it said American customers. I was like huh. <laughs> cuz I read it twice and I was like are you fucking kidding me? Are you kidding me? I'm like that makes no sense because Shout Factory ships internationally. Right? So why would they just, okay, well, we're not going to ship replacement discs, but apparently they are. So I don't know what happened there. And yeah, I mean, it got resolved. It was strange. Well, at least we found out, right? I mean, that's cool. It is a little strange, but uh, who knows? Now we know if we have another what? issue like this that we can send our army, yeah. our soldiers out there, 22-shot soldiers, and, and we get shit done. So, I did, yeah, and with that said, I just want to thank everyone out there for showing the support. It was like, you know, I made this post on Screen Factory's page, and there was a lot of likes and a lot of comments, man. Like, something like 30 comments. I don't even know what it was, but I was like, holy shit. Yeah, and, 40, you know, 40 other likes. <laughs> 44 likes total. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's cool. Yeah, for sure. It's cool. I thought, I yeah. thought the response on that, but on it, that was pretty immature, to be honest with you. Really? Just the way they worded it, just kind of, kind of, kind of immature. Like, well, I don't know where you're getting your information from, kind of deal. And like, well, damn, you talk to your customer a little bit better than that, guys. Well, they said not <laughs> sure where you you are getting this misinformation from. I don't know. It just sounded a little immature. Like somebody was like, well, fuck this guy. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they that's they just do me. get a little cunty sometimes over there. Oh yeah, yeah. They've been known to do that. <laughs> All right. So I hope that answered your question, Louis. We're gonna move on to the. Third and final voicemail, which I will play. What's up, guys? It's Matt, the Horodonis. Um, really enjoy the show. I listen to it late at night when I'm doing homeworks and it keeps me from going insane. So I really appreciate that. Um, you. The question I had was, what are the top five movies that you guys really loved? But a lot of people seem to hate, obviously, horror movies. And then on the flip side, what is, what are the top five movies that you guys really hate? But a lot of people seem to love. 
And um, for me, I guess one of them that I really love that I think was gonna hate is uh, My Soul to Take. I really like that movie. And then um, oh, that someone can relate to that. One that I I hate about this and love. I don't think a lot of people love this movie except for I think Moods really gave this one a high rating. Uh, Tusk, I thought it was terrible. Um, and then AC to Death, I couldn't even finish it. It was so bad to me. Um, so those are mine. And also, I was just wondering, have you guys ever found out the identity of the person who left the Texas Chainsaw Massacre like soundbite that you guys always um, play? I mean, you don't have to say their name because if you want to embarrass them, <laughs> I'm just wondering if this person knows that they're immortalized with that soundbite. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, show's awesome. We're going to enjoy it. And thanks for taking the call. Later. All right. So yeah. a couple things in there. First up, let's tackle the Texas Chainsaw Massacre <clears throat> thing. I, Moods and Jeremy think they're 100% sure they know who it is. I assume that's who it was, but I've never like seen proof or like know for sure. Uh, but it was a guy named Mike Shankle. That's also where the Shankle angle came from. Uh, and he used to be part of the group page, Young Kid. And uh, he was, like, extra annoying. And uh, he is no longer, like, associated with us. But we still – he still lives in infamy with the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, it's most definitely him. It definitely <laughs> is. It does sound like him too, though. Yeah. But, but still, I mean – Wouldn't it be uh, funny talk if about just, like, just came out like, that actually, that snap. was me. <laughs> yeah. That was just like the – it was like a – it was like a gift from God. That he sent that voicemail in because it just it made for a lot of laughs on the show. And a little you know? background on that voicemail. Like when I first set up the voicemail line, I listened to the voicemail and it was a phone call, a long pause. And then it was just like, you just said phone call. Chainsaw Massacre. Jeremy would be say, shitting his I pants right now. Phone call. Phone call. <laughs> <laughs> he said phone. He said phone. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean. It was uh, it was a weird voicemail and uh, yeah yeah we decided to keep it I guess so that that is that and then the other part of the question was films that we like that everybody else hates and films that we hate that everybody else likes uh, well you did mention the uh, my soul to take film that is one yeah, that I, I was... love that everybody else hates I fucking yeah. love it it's such a great movie I don't know what everybody is smoking but they're wrong. Uh, another one that I love is both Blair Witch Projects. More people like the original, but I love the sequel. Everybody hates that. I love Jason Goes to Hell. I love Friday Five, and I love Elm Street Two. Those are all films that I love that everybody seems to hate. Hmm. Uh, films that I love that other people hate. Well, I'll just put it this way: uh, anything shot on video, <laughs> anything yeah. trauma, anything just Franco. It seems like everything Rob Zombie. Well, see, this is an interesting one because like Rob Zombie's so split. But man, dude, I I come. It seems like every time I'm having a conversation about it, it's like I'm always talking to that person that just loathes Rob Zombie. The degree so I'm, I'm of hate is just such to the extreme that it's very yeah, noticeable. Dude. So I'm gonna put Rob Zombie like any film by Rob Zombie in there because he just fits the category so well. Because honestly, I like all Rob Zombie films. I can even tolerate That's Halloween cool. too. You know what? It's and it's also because I've seen the movie so many times, and due to the fact of reviews, and we've discussed the pros and cons of it to the point where, yeah, sometimes I just want to make love to it a little bit, just get a little closer, just get a little bit closer to it. So, um, and uh, here's an odd choice: Poltergeist three. I know a lot. It seems to be kind of like the black sheep of the trilogy, but uh, I love Poltergeist three actually more than two. 
I like it more than part two. And, and the consensus is it sucks. So fuck off. Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, honestly, there's a lot of films that I like that people hate, but no, I like. I normally can't defend them because they are bad films. I just like them, but there well, are yeah. some that I do think are good that people hate, like My Soul to Take. Yeah. Um, as for the flip um, on that question, there. Uh, well, actually, Kyle, do you got some? Uh, films that you I gotta, love I gotta, that others hate. Films that I love that others hate. Um, I can only think of, this is kind of put me on the spot, but I can only think of a few. Uh, one of the main ones, the first thing that came to my mind that probably everybody hates, but I do love is Leprechaun on the Hood. I don't know why. I just fucking love that movie. <laughs> uh, dude, how can you stand that Postmaster P character? Dude, I fucking, what, what did you say, Moods? I thought you were going to say Leprechaun 4. I was like, oh, uh, fuck. I, that movie sucks. <laughs> I, I honestly like Jason X, even though everybody gives it shit. I think that's a decent one. I mean, it's cheesy. Really? It's fucking cheesy, man. That's it's a horrible movie. It's a fucking horrible movie, but it's like one of those movies you throw on because it's just so funny. It's horrible, and it's like so bad. It's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Ginger Dead Man. I, I like those movies. I think they're hilarious. Do people, do people really hate the Ginger Dead Man films. I think people don't. Lo- I mean, I I don't know if they hate it well, or not, but I mean, it, it, you got to find out what kind of people are talking about them. Like, people yeah, I know. Who like Full Moon, like them. People that stumble across this movie and like it was a fucking gingerbread dude it sucked so bad like oh, though fuck. they hate gary Busey. gary Busey's fucking voice of this ginger dead man in part one that's gold i'll tell you that a was movie just, like, like that. that was a little bit of extra sugar right on top man right on top of the ginger dead man's penis you know like it's good a, shit Sweet. a newer movie that i can think of that like i don't think a lot of people liked I, I may be wrong about this so correct me if i am wrong but i i did like a lot was uh texas chainsaw massacre the beginning I actually like that movie. Yeah, I think most people like that because I like it. I too. love that movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it and, ends on such an awesome note. <laughs> yeah, uh, Chainsaw 3D would be another one that would fit into that category for me. I like that. Yeah, I love to hate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and like, there's a lot of like sequel, like franchise titles that I could fit into this category because a lot oh. of people hate a lot of like the weirder franchise ones. Actually, that's a good point because uh, a film I really do like. I know it's a bad film. It's not. It's not a great film or anything. But The Howling Two, I love that movie, man. It's like it's so. It's a like as a direct sequel to The Howling, which is my favorite werewolf film of all time. It's a terrible, terrible film. Like absolutely bonafide shit fest. But it's <laughs> fucking awesome, man. It's got Sybil Danning, multiple tit shots. It's got the most ludicrous storyline to it. It's just. But the music, the soundtrack's fucking fantastic. It's a fun watch. But the consensus is most people fucking load that film. It's because they don't take it for what it is as a so bad it's good film. And they think of it as a really bad sequel <laughs> to a classic film, which is unfortunate because it's a fun film. So yeah. I was I was going to say, like, the first thing that came to my mind whenever they he, he started talking and saying that, that the question was uh, a lot of Mike films like I, I would assume a lot of people don't like Mike's style and like his films like. Yeah, man. I've been hearing a lot of that recently. Even Zach is like, man, his movies are fucking terrible. I'm like, what? Like associating the word terrible with Tikashi Miike's films is like is bizarre to me. I mean, and I said, well, you know, even if you don't care for like, you know, each of the killer and, you know, audition and uh, visitor Q and, you know, the list goes on with weird ass horror films. But there's always the flip side and you can do like his check out his Yakuza films and shit like that. Like oh, dude, he's done yeah. a lot of like gangster fucking films like they're fucking badass like the dead alive films and um you know what i'm talking about kyle yeah right? like, yeah he's, i know he's done a lot like. of 
those films are awesome because it has the Mikkei violence and gore, but in like a gangster film style. Like you know, my, it's fucking my opinion awesome. with Mike is like, yeah, he there's some there some of his movies or a lot of his movies are really really hard to follow. You got like, uh, fucking yeah, he he's a really weird storyteller, man. He's a very what I call broken storyteller. Like yeah. shit is like if like honestly, if you blink too long, like you might yeah, you're miss done. a major plot point. You're like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, no, his films. I find that his movies, like, I mean, even look at Audition and uh, each of the like those type of films. They're probably not one watch reviewable films. You might yeah. want to watch them a couple times because you're going to find new shit or even follow it a little better. So Dude. I think this is the reason why people have a hard time with Takashi Miike films is because if you're not a rewatcher and you're thinking that, you know, I'm going to make my final opinion based off one watch, you yeah. might not want to do that. Well, I mean, you films. got you got some of his movies like you got Gozu. That's like the number one that comes to my head. Gozu's yeah, the Gozu's weirdest fucking movie. weird, man. It's just yeah. a really, really, really weird movie. And I can expect a lot of people like we're probably in a small percentile that like really enjoy weird kind of like figuring things out. Like some people yeah. just want to watch a movie and just know what's going on, and that's well, it. I always use the term. I always use the term uh, not spoon fed. Yeah, you know, like you know, there's some movies where you know people love. I, I find with people like if they're well, I shouldn't say that because, like, I love slasher films and it's not because, you know, they're spoon fed or whatever. But, like, generally people that, you know, kind of stick to that formula and stuff, they they just like a really easy storyline. They want to watch these type of films and not have to think about it. They just kind of want it spoon fed. So when you take a film like Takashi Miike and when you have to really, really focus and figure out things, it's probably not your cup of tea. So you're going to lean the other way and go, it's not good. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think that's a wrong remark. It's possibly good. It's just it's not for you. Yeah, I think that's exactly. what Takashi Miike falls into this category of like, you kind of have to just, you know, you have to separate yourself from, you know, all these other type of movies and take it for what it is. You know, I yeah. think having a little bit of education going into Takashi Miike films is probably a good thing. You know, like, yeah, hey, I mean, man, I'm just going to pre-warn you on this film. It's uh, a little confusing and you might get a little frustrated watching. It's pretty awesome. But dude, watch it I, twice. I agree with you on the multiple watches of his films. Like, I think if you like, you know, you go into it, you know, watch it, maybe give it a week, watch it again. Like, that's kind of like a good way of going about his movies. Something I tend to do with his movies is I'll go online and read the synopsis or maybe even read some of the plot on Wikipedia before I even jump into the movie. Because at least then I'm going into the movie with a little bit of background of, hey, this is what I'm watching here. Because I've watched several of his movies I got done with the movie and had no the, no idea what the fuck I just watched. Like I've done that like at least <laughs> with with most of his movies that I've watched. And Isn't that like the worst feeling when you finish a film and you're like, like damn, what the fuck? I really don't like? even know what I just watched. Sometimes like, I feel like I felt as a viewer if it's if it's something that I'm really clueless about and I'm like, okay, well obviously I'm stupid. Yeah, well, but sometimes his style, it's not. It's just that, like it's that's like, his style, man. It's like feels that way. His yeah. newest movie, Yakuza, Yakuza Apocalypse, is like that. Like I actually somehow managed to review that movie, but like it was one of those <laughs> movies that I watched and I was like, what the? F-? Like he throws curveballs in where they shouldn't. Well, I guess we're in his his mind. They should go, but I'm just like as a viewer, I'm like, what the. F-? Like what yeah, just happened? Because Takashi Miike is listening to this right now, going, "The fuck are you? What are you talking about?" He goes, "I did that shit purposely. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was by design, Kyle. Come on." So, um, not to cut you guys off of your Takashi Miike topic, but there is another part to this question, Moods. I believe you were starting off on it, which is uh, films that you hate that everybody else likes. Yeah, top five or five films that you know I hate that uh, others love. Uh, the first one that came to my mind is Shaun of the Dead. Um, you know, this one, the consensus is like everyone loves Shaun of the Dead. 
I don't I shouldn't say I hate this film. I you know, it's it's okay, but I, man, I it's not a film I'm ever going back to. I just I can't I don't know what it is about the movie. It's just it's it it just grits on me, man. Um yes, I'm going to say it and it's the woman uh, I've talked about it. Um, I, consensus is again, a lot of people like the film, love it actually. Mm-hmm. Not the biggest fan. Um, Sinister is another one. Uh, you know, I, I, I just can't do it, man. I, I, there's something about the movie. I'm just not a big fan. Um, Fright Night remake. This is a good one. I don't know what it is about people and loving this movie. I've come across so many people that love Fright Night and JP's one of them. I'm just like, I don't get it. I don't get it. McLovin, Colin Farrell, Yes, that is quite possibly the worst fucking casting ever in a film. <laughs> ever. Ever. I might remind you. Ever. Yeah, if you're it's trying terrible. to cast somebody who's Stephen Jeffries, then yes. I mean, that's not... No, no, no. It's just McLovin in general. The guy is terrible. I thought he was pretty, <laughs> I thought he was pretty funny. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, what's another one? Um it's, it, this is a movie I don't necessarily hate, but it seems more people like it than they than you know whatever. But it's Elm Street too, and <laughs> I, I mention this because um, obviously, well, I'm also doing this just to stir the pot with, uh, with JP also because I'm mentioning films that he likes on purpose. And I'm doing this purposely because I am stirring the pot. I've got the big fucking wooden spoon in the cauldron. I'm giving her. Um, but uh, yeah, Elm Street too, man. I, tries to defend it all the time and it's just i love it because that's when jp becomes a comedian to me i just find it so funny it's fucking hilarious he's like he's got all these weird ass points and i'm like nah man um but yeah i it seems like a lot of people love that and uh i think that's five anyways weird I because i used it as a film that i like that nobody else likes and you used it as one that everybody likes but you don't like <laughs> mm-hmm but it is kind of like that, though, because there are groups that are like really into it, and it's like there's factions all over the horror community. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean that's what it is. I've you know I, I used to really like Blair Witch, and I grew oh. way past it, man. Ah, uh, we got to move on. Um, so I'm doing it for, I'm, doing, I'm, one, I'm just giving one, it to him. Stop! It's hurting. <laughs> the ones that I don't like that everybody likes. Shaun of the Dead is definitely probably my number one film in that category. Like, I, I don't, I wouldn't say I hate any of these. I just don't like them. American Psycho, I don't really care for. I oh come on, Psycho, that's fucked. <laughs> I mean, that's that fucked, buddy. Is fucked. Um, no, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I would actually have a hard time. Talk, you are literally the only that. person I know that does not like that movie. I remember literally. Watching- American Psycho in one of my film classes in in uh, in college, and you know, having this discussion in a in a room about the film is like really really interesting because there is so much interesting things happening in this film, and like just hearing like you know fifteen or twenty p- different people's you know uh, views on it, it was really man, that movie is crazy. It's it's such a good conversation piece, man. It really is. It's good filmmaking. Yeah, absolutely. I, just really surprised that you can't get into that. It's crazy. But then I'm again, aware, I'm aware that it's a good movie. Heavy dialogue. I, I'm wait what? I love films with like heavy dialogue That's and stuff. My, those just are like my favorite kind of films. Yeah, but so um, I just find it really interesting. Honestly, like that when I talk about that one, I always say that I think it would be a hard one for me to really put into words why I don't like it because by all accounts and purposes, it is a great made movie and it is a good movie. I will admit that I just don't like it. Uh, yes. Yeah. 
and I don't know why really. I, I, I really don't know why. I just don't like it. Uh, but there's there's you know some here and there. there I, I don't like hate anything that much. Like besides like beneath the Mississippi, but so I it's this is kind of a hard question for me. Um, it's more of like an overrated thing when I think about it. But uh, Kyle, do you have any that you hate that uh, or that you like? Wait, that you hate that everybody else likes? Jesus Christ. That I hate? Um, oh boy, paranormal paranormal activity or any movie that's like that? <laughs> uh, I actually can't believe I forgot to write that down. <laughs> I don't. That's a good one. I fucking hate paranormal activity. I hate yeah. all those movies, dude. I don't I've even only, want to see them. Like, I can't even comment on the sequels. I've only seen the first one. I've only seen the first two, and I haven't seen anything I after that, but I did too. not like them. <laughs> I don't know. Th- th- those movies, I'm not really a big fan of the Saw movies, to be honest with you. Right. Well, everybody loves those fucking movies. Well, I think the first they... film is like an amazing movie. Well, yeah, the first one's good, but it's like every other one is the same. They're all... Oh, here's Let's go to the movie theater and see what new traps that uh, Miramax could come up that's with. That's why play. I like them. Well, essentially, that's it's what Lionsgate, by the, the way, Friday the 13th films are all about, too, though. Yep. Because they, I mean, they've literally said, you know, it's like, well, you know, let's make another sequel because we just, we just thought up some new ways to kill people, so that we'll make. Uh, yep. That's why you know, I love slashers season. because that's what they were all doing. They were like, let's make our slashers. Literally, play. how are we going to set it apart from other slashers? Well, we're going to have to have this cool kill. Well, we're going to have to have this mask. We're going to have a unique killer. Like that. That's all you know, of slasher seven, films. You know, part <clears> seven was totally just made around the fact that someone thought up an idea to break someone in half over a tree that was sleeping in a sleeping bag. <laughs> I remember it's like hearing... The, it's like the greatest kill ever. I, I'll never forget the first time I, I, I literally pissed myself and rewound it. I think my VHS tape was like worn out in that section. I watched it so much that like, you know, it got to the point where you just watch the film and it would be like, what's going on? It's all fuzzy and shit. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I like the Black Christmas remake too. That's another one I like that people hate. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not a fan of that. I mean, there was. I remember there was. Um, I've reviewed it before. I'm trying to think of another movie that everybody really fucking likes. Oh, the the Eli Roth fucking uh, shit fest, uh, Last Exorcism. Those movies. I always remember hearing <laughs> buzz about those movies, and I watched them, and I was like, God, these movies are horrible. They they were terrible. Like, Do you not like found know. footage? I don't. I don't. I like found footage in certain. The last. Exorcist. Yeah, you know, honestly, man, I kind of, I kind of dug it. I think the ending was a little, kind of, brought my rating down a little bit. I wouldn't say it was like the greatest ending, but I actually didn't mind the the movie, to be honest. Yeah. I, I, I just, I just think it's absolutely so funny that they made a sequel to that, The Last Exorcism Part, Part Two. Yeah. yeah, that's so Is stupid. That the, that's the fucking stupidest title in the history of titles. Wait, <laughs> I'll tell you a found footage movie that was probably one of my favorite found footage movies like ever. Uh, is uh, As Above, So Below. I fucking love that. Like, I loved that movie yeah. just for, like, what it was. I thought the movie was awesome. Like, the, the storyline of the movie. And it, but it just depends on the movie. Like, something like Cloverfield. I just read. I horrible. actually just read someone write. I was on Facebook, and they they were saying how much they hated that movie. That's funny. Really? Like, what, As Above, So Below? Yeah, they said it was, like, yeah, one of the that, worst that films made last my year. Top five of, it made my top three of 2014, so I'm with you. Yeah, it was, it was like, number uh, – it was just outside of my top ten or something. Yeah. But uh, it, was, it was a good film, man. I love, like, the catacombs kind of shit. Like, I love watching yeah. shit like that. Yeah, I think too. that's, like, a really cool setting for a movie. So, mm-hmm. All right. Um, well, I think that answers the voicemail. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. So is that it? that's it for the voicemails, then? That is it for the voicemails. 
Voicemails and questions. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks everybody for phone or for phoning in. <laughs> Fuck me, got me all self conscious about saying phoning. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for the calls, guys. Because um, yeah, that that's awesome. Um, again, you know, if you got any suggestions for uh, knowledge segments, send those in. You know, seriously, call them in, guys. Email. There's got to be. You guys got to be creative. Personally, message us. It doesn't matter. You know, like there's the got to be some creative people out there who can like uh, tell us stuff that would be interesting to talk about because we're not creative enough to come up with it ourselves it's not even that i honestly <laughs> never think about it and then it comes like pre-game and we're like hey we got an all seg- segment and i'm like fuck no yeah, i usually try to think of stuff during the week at work because that's when my mind's mostly off out of work yeah. <laughs> when it's like at somewhere else so i'll try to think of them then but i always forget them by the time i come home or whatever i forget to write them down or i get busy or something so yeah, we'll we'll come up with a list and we'll do, we just got to brainstorm a little bit and uh it'll it'll be a returning segment soon. But also, I want to point out something that speaking of creativity on the Facebook page, uh Lewis who left one of the voicemails or Luis, I'm not really sure how to say his name. Uh he put together a compilation of uh some funny moments from 22 Shots history and I freaking loved that video. I literally laughed out loud. Uh, it's just volume one. He's going to make another one. There's so many funny stuff that happened, and uh, he actually went through and dug it up. So uh, check that out. It's on Facebook. I'm going to try to get a copy for me and Moods to upload to our channels as well. Man, you should totally make a compilation of all my, um, you know, I got my two something. Yeah, right? Intros. This is lots of man. That'd be kind of funny. Yeah, no, that was a really good job. That just surprised me that he came up with that and did that. I was like, that's that's fun shit, man. Mm-hmm. Props, man. Props. Vatos locos forever. I say, yeah, good stuff, right? I like that. So, um, but moving. Yeah, since we don't have a knowledge segment, we're gonna move right into the morbid fact. The coroner's report of weird stats and morbid facts, courtesy of Rue Morgue magazine this is coming from issue 147 august of 2014 uh this is the one this was like the 20th anniversary of the crow i know a lot of people don't really consider the crow to be a horror film but it's covering you know it's actually on the cover of room org pretty interesting uh we'll keep it short and sweet uh this one is you know relevant to a show that me and jp did recently uh, in City of the Living Dead, 1980, actress Daniela Dorier vomited real sheep entrails during the purging death scene. Real. That is so awesome. That's real sheep entrails. That even makes it more disgusting. I almost gagged. When, when Dude, I- that part is – that's why it looks so real because it's fucking actually technically real. <laughs> It's disgusting, man. That, yeah, that that's part a is scene gross, that got man. etched in my memory when I first seen it. Like I always, anytime I ever thought of that movie, I remembered that scene, and uh, it still yeah. gets to me, man. I know, right? It's it's nasty. It's a real effectively love nasty it. part. Love it, love it, love it. It's great stuff. Really, really great stuff. All righty. So moving along into the WWW part of the show, which is what we watched this week. And if you're a first-time listener, it's basically where we go round table and discuss films, give some ratings, and move along. So who wants to jump into this first? Kyle, how about you go first since you're the guest? Yeah, I will I will go first. So uh, my first movie that I went ahead and picked, actually two of these movies that are on my, my three, um, 
I have reviewed on Body Bags. Uh, but the first one that I watched that uh, that I actually enjoyed, I thought was really cool, and I don't even know why I even threw this in and watched it. I think it was just because it was, you know, I, I got it. Uh, it was sent over to me through Wild Eye um, as a screener to watch and review. It is the Horror Network. Um, it is like an anthology film. Uh, it's got like five shorts on it. Um, I really like this movie. Like, I know a lot of people have been wanting to watch this. Uh, I think Derek was one. He said he wanted to watch it, but um, it's it's a really neat anthology flick. It's got a it's got like I said five shorts on it. Uh, each short is 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 different. They're not really intertwined or anything, but um, they they are obviously all horror shorts. Um, I I gave it an eight point five, I believe, on Body Bags. Uh, it was it was pretty. It was pretty damn good. I know that one of the shorts, it was like the fourth short on the uh, in the movie, was very like gory and just like it was kind of a disturbing short. Like if you consider like disturbing movies, it was pretty disturbing for what it was. And it was actually the only short on the film. It was the foreign one, right? It was the foreign one. Yeah, it was the only one that was that was foreign on the film too. And I was it was real creepy and just kind of fucked up. But um, but yeah, Horror Network. <laughs> I would definitely recommend checking this out. It's um, I, I noticed that the fourth film as well was higher production quality than all the other shorts. It was like almost like it wasn't like, I mean, it was definitely independent, but it's, it just had a higher production value to it for some reason. I just, I don't know why, but, but yeah, guys, check it out. Wild eye. You can pick it up. So. Yeah. The, uh, the third short, which is the, the one where the girl gets, gets, gets dropped, dropped, <laughs> dropped off on the spot. I I thought that one was like crazy, man. Yeah, yeah, that that was a weird one as well. You know, I, I would actually like to see a full and like the fifth one where um, the dude is like picking oh, up yeah, guys the and yeah, serial killer so, dude. Yeah, yeah, serial killer one. Really weird. I thought those were actually pretty good. But yeah, I I have to agree, man. It was really solid. I mean, to be honest, man, the only one I didn't really really care for too too much was the uh, was the foreign one uh, about the mother and daughter who were dealing with their um, you know, with their past issues and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I thought it was kind of the weakest one, but, you know, it is what it I is, man. I thought the weakest but, one was the first one with, like, the woman at the house. I didn't really like that one. I didn't even, oh, know, I didn't even know the movie had started yet. I thought that was a preview for, like, ten minutes. I was like, when is this movie going to start? Yeah, and then it I was, was like, like, oh, this is it. Because <laughs> it was pre-credits. It was, you know, yeah, pre-header, and it was so strange. And it was super short, though. It was only, like, four or five minutes, though. Exactly. Right. So, yeah, I know that was strange because me and Matt were actually talking about that last night. And he's like, yeah, he goes, oh, I thought there was only four shorts. And I'm like, actually, no, the one before the credits. I said, that's actually considered a short. And he's like, oh, <laughs> I, thought it was like, I thought it was oddly a preview. I was like watching and I was I had thrown the movie on it immediately went to the movie. It didn't even have like I, I don't for some reason, my Xbox didn't have the title screen on it. So I was like, OK, you know, I guess this is a, a preview and I'm watching. and I'm like, OK this is kind of long for a preview. And then it's like 10 minutes in or however long it's like, it felt like it was forever. I was like, Oh, I guess this is the beginning of the movie. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> I feel you. I, I was kind of in the same boat and I was like the, the, the fucking credits started rolling. I was like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's so like odd. It was strange, but yeah, uh, no, I enjoyed it though. Yeah. Really good stuff. Check it out. Yeah. You said 8.5. I believe I gave it an 8.5 on Body Bags. So was I wrong? Did you listen to it? Um, I did watch your review, actually. Um, I believe I gave <laughs> I it 8.5. I, I can't remember. I, I mean, that was, like, that was like a couple of weeks ago, so I can't 100% remember. I'm pretty sure I gave it a high rating. It was like 8.5 or 9. It was up there. So yeah. All right. I guess I will go next. And uh, the film that I'm going to talk about is an art exploitation release, and it is Bloody Knuckles. 
So Bloody Knuckles follows Travis, who is an underground comic book artist. He makes these really offensive, obscene comic uh, covers and comic books. Uh, th- they actually relevant. are, yeah, they actually are really creative and funny. Like they kind of do in the opening montage of the film, they show off all the different covers and stuff. And I thought that that was really cool, and I did think that they were actually funny. Uh, well, anyway, he offends a Chinatown crime boss by his portrayal of, in one of his comic books. And the gangster gets really mad, captures Travis, and cuts off his hand. Uh, Travis, of course, is an artist, so he kind of needs that hand. And he kind of goes into depression and misery. Then he uh, eventually runs into his old hand again. And it uh, kind of returns from the grave and is uh, bugging him. <laughs> So uh, this one, to me, uh, I like killer hand movies, first of all. I've only seen – kind of forces them to go and get revenge. I like that. Yeah, yeah. The hand's a little pushy. (laughs) Yeah. Whoa. 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 A little pun there. Damn. (laughs) Look at that pun action. So um, I believe this this was filmed in Canada, right? This is a Canadian film? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I, I liked certain things about it. I loved the I liked the story overall. Like I, I loved it. I, I love the concept of the hand coming back and stuff. But it is a horror comedy, and w- the most important thing in a horror comedy is for it to be funny. And I honestly didn't find this one funny. Uh, not very funny at all. Honestly, there was some moments like the uh, art that he's doing and uh, the the hand kind of has some funny moments. But there's there's other moments where I just I kind of rolled my eyes at it. Uh, overall, I liked the story. I just didn't like the comedy in it, and the comedy Hold is like a huge eyes. part of it. Yeah, like the, like yeah, there are moments where I just like rolled my eyes. I was just like, that. I don't find that funny. I don't know. You know me though, dude. I'm I'm a tough, <laughs> I'm a tough critic when it comes to comedy. Yeah, you're the fucking toughest man when it comes to it's <laughs> funny. I'm the toughest. <laughs> yeah, funny. it's like you're flexing your muscles the whole time. You're like, nothing's getting by this exterior. Yeah, you you do have to work to make me laugh, and uh, I honestly like comedians in general. Like the comedians I find funny, I, there's a lot of comedians that I do not find funny. There's some that I do like, obviously, like Chappelle and uh, Joe Rogan and such. But yeah, like I'm I'm a real serious when it comes to comedy, man. I just some stuff doesn't make me laugh. Uh, like the the hand like jabbing him in the in the asshole like. It just wasn't funny. I was just like, "Oh, that's oh, lame. come on, man! Come that's on, like, man. But that's, that's so awesome. easy, that, right? That's so he's technically easy fingering thing. his own butthole. <laughs> awesome! That's fucking funny. That's hilarious, dude. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Um, but there was certain there was certain things that were funny. I don't know. <laughs> to me, at the end of the day, I thought it was decent. Nothing amazing. Definitely not like horror comedy of the year. But I will say, after I finished it, I did start watching some of the special features. And there's a really cool feature uh, where the director of the film goes to Diabolic DVD. And, you know, they begin talking about, like, the gray market, which was the old school days in the 90s, the tape trading communities. I I think there should be a whole documentary on that uh, in itself. But that was such a cool cool thing to hear him talk about and hear how Diabolic came about and you know what essentially ran out of a basement which is even more cool because that's like shows that like anybody can do anything like all of us all of us fans like if we really want to do something you can just kind of do it um and you know it made me like the film a little bit more when i started hearing the director talk about it just because he was like a nice guy and i was like this guy i want to root for him like i want him to be successful because like he's cool and uh that kind of uh 
you know, I wouldn't say it up my rating, but it definitely made me appreciate the movie a little bit more uh, because at the end of the day, it's still only as good as it was when I watched it. And uh, I'm going to give it a 6.5 out of 10. Mm. I have to disagree. I thought it was. I'm pretty sure that everybody I've talked to has disagreed with me. So, yeah. You know, it is what it is, man. You know, that's what you, that's how much you liked it. That's what you thought of it. You know, like I always say, you know, it's, it's opinions, man. It's opinions. But I, you know, these type of films, I always kind of figure that. Well, to be honest, I don't really figure anything because I, I never know what you're, if you're gonna like it or not. When it comes to horror comedies, like I, mm-hmm. I just don't know. I, I so I was a little on the fence of it. But to be honest, I was a little surprised at how much Jeremy liked the film. You know, like he it's is just, so fucking inconsistent. It was so strange. Like when he was like dying, and he was like, "Oh man," he was like giving this thing like an eight or like a nine or whatever the fuck he gave it. I was like. I was just surprised because it doesn't seem like the type of film that he would be raving about, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it probably would have got a perfect 10 if it was a French one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but there was actually, and I didn't mention this, there was a lot of like uh, social type of commentary in there that I yeah, enjoyed, but... uh, like political and stuff. And there was like uh, the funniest things to me were the jabs at uh, like the self-awareness of Canada like how like the self-awareness of how Canada is perceived and that stuff is golden to me. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, I like I like the social relevant issues and stuff and uh, there was just a lot of it going on in there, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I thought it was fun. I, I I really liked the effects in the film too, like the way the hand looked and stuff. I thought the hand looked fucking fantastic. Yeah, I wish I did comment on that because they they, they do like such a great job of making it look, you know, a- animated without you know, a CGI hand like running around everywhere. Yeah, it, I thought it was really well done. It, it surprised the shit out of me how well it was done. You yeah, know, I've now so. only seen two Killer Hand films. <laughs> nice, nice. Okay, cool, cool. All right, so uh, first film here I'm going to talk about is brand new, still in the cinemas, and it's of course from 2015, and it is the Christmas holiday horror film called Krampus. Um, yeah, going into this one, you know, I, I was hearing a lot of buzz, man, like a lot of buzz, like a lot of people were saying, you know, this is top 10 contenders. And I was like, awesome. I'm really fucking stoked because honestly, Christmas horror films are like some of my favorite to watch. I absolutely loved them, uh, love them. And, um, so, you know, this one just had a lot of promise considering all the buzz it was getting and stuff. And, uh, basically what Krampus is about, it's about, um, a little boy named Max and he's kind of dealing with, you know, he's at that age right now where he's kind of on the fence about Christmas, you know, does he believe in Santa or does he not, you know, but he really wants to believe in it and he's kind of defending it and stuff like that. Anyways, you know, he's dealing with that in his personal life with, you know, things at school, his, uh, annoying family comes, uh, you know, to stay with his family for the holidays and his family's really obnoxious and they're just really just pieces of shit. You know, like everyone, he's got these really shitty cousins and stuff. Anyways, they get to him and he starts to lose the Christmas spirit. And what happens is by losing the Christmas spirit, because his shitty family uh, that comes to stay with them, they're all, they don't give a shit about Christmas and stuff. They're all down in the dumps and blah, blah, blah. So there's no Christmas spirit at all in this house, really. And what happens is he basically kind of summons up the Christmas devil, which is Krampus. And if you know the legend of Krampus, he punishes people. So that's essentially what the film is. So now my thoughts on this one. Um, 
you know, honestly, this movie looked spectacular. It looked fucking phenomenal, man. Like, it was really, really good. I thought the casting was decent in it, too. I wasn't 100% sure at first how I was going to like the casting because there's a lot of recognizable faces, but it makes sense for this type of film because it is being, uh, you know, projected in the mainstream. So you got Adam Scott in here. You got uh, David Koshner, whatever his name is. Um, you recognize him from tons of uh, comedies and stuff. And Adam Scott, I always call the, you know, the poor man's. That. Uh, I always call him the poor man's uh, Tom Cruise. He fucking looks like Tom Cruise to me. And oddly <laughs> enough, his name in the film is Tom. <laughs> it fucking, fucking made me laugh. man. I was like, no way. His name is actually Tom. That's, That's fucking funny. awesome. But anyways, the cast is decent. Uh, there's, you know, the family that comes to stay with the main family. Uh, there's this annoying auntie that's there. And she's played by, um, she was the nanny on uh, Two and a Half Men. If you guys know the show. She was the yeah. the one that, you know, yeah, anyways, that that's her. Anyways, and she was there just for, like, comic relief. You know, it was just, wow. I, that, and and that, that one Bruce, guy's in everything. That one bald dude, I guess it was her, her husband. He's, like, he was in waiting. He was, like, the, the manager from waiting. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's in, like, everything, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, that kind of brings me to my first point. You know, well, first of all, I'll talk about, like, the look of the film is fantastic. Like, it has it has a really good setup to the film. Um, visually awesome looking. Like I was uh, amazed at how they made this thing look so Christmassy. Like it had a great Christmas atmosphere look to it. And it was just kind of creepy and stuff. But the thing that was killing the film for me was the overabundance of comedy. You know, it was just, you know, I don't mind a few things here and there. And I personally, I like, you know, horror comedies to a certain degree, but this type of film, I felt like it was just, he went the wrong direction, you know, with overusing the comedy because, theoretically, you know, Krampus is, you know, it's a Christmas devil. You know, if they had just kept up this really serious tone to the film, I think it would have worked a lot better. They just overdid with the comedy. But, you know, I was getting past that. You know, the comedy was, you know, was kind of putting me on the back burner a little bit. And, you know, everything was still cool, man. You know, there's scenes that are outside and it's just phenomenally shot and really well acted and stuff. And then and then this one scene happens and it's kind of like that total game changer in the middle of the film where I'm accepting it for what it is. I would have liked it better if the if the tone was really more dark and just serious. And then there's a scene where one of the cousins gets, you know, um, something happens to him. That's what I'll leave it at that. And what happens to him and, you know, the effects and things like that, it just fucking threw me for a loop. And I was watching the film with my buddy Dylan, and I guess he even looked over me and was like, what the fuck was that, right? And then it just kind of plays out like a really well done – this is kind of a weird description, but it's like – the movie kind of plays out like a really well done full moon film in a way. There's a lot of things that are happening like, you know, you got Krampus and you got like all these like, you know, killer dolls and killer – toys and and other things that are happening and stuff and it kind of turns into like a full moon film but really really well done you know but at the same time they continue with the jabs and the jokes like over and over again and i'm like fuck man like just can you please get serious like krampus looks fucking awesome and just i this movie has so many awesome qualities to it but it was just ruined by not keeping that dark tone to it which was a shame, you know, overall, you know, judging the film by itself, like it's a really well-made film. I won't lie. It's got a lot going for it. And I do recommend this film, you know, for a lot of people just for myself. I just wish they had went the darker route um, without the, the, the comedy, but you know, it is what it is, I guess. Right. You know? Yeah. So it's just kind of unfortunate, man, because honestly, if you, when you guys see this film and you see the look and the texture of what they've done with the look of this film, the atmosphere created is just phenomenal. 
you know, dark tone and a little bit of gore in the film, I think this shit would have been a fucking top shelf seller for me this season, uh, this season, <laughs> this uh, 2015 year. Um, but with that said, it really did kill it for me, man. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie, man. I'm going to tell you right now, man, no Christmas horror comedy will ever go down in history as a great like Black Christmas or uh, the uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night or any other thing. I mean, Gremlins is the closest to it, but that's because it's like a kid's movie. It's just yeah. it, the, like I love dark Christmas horror. Like that is my favorite. I think that those movies could be so effective. So it yeah. is disheartening to hear this review. Yeah, man. And, you know, it's just it really was so frustrating watching this. And I'm like, you know, even if they had a cut out the annoying auntie with they, which they totally could have. You know, it would have been a lot better because, like, I'm, I'm not joking. Every single thing that she said in the film was based on how big of a drunk she was and how how much he hated Christmas. It was just all the all these kind of low key shitty jokes and jabs and stuff, and it was just nonstop. It was just so consistent that I was going fuck. I was actually getting annoyed. I'm like, just can you keep this dark? It's fucking <laughs> Krampus, man. Look at the cover. It looks dark. That, there's that's a reason. The movie, that's there's the, a... what the movie looks like, man. When honestly, when the daughter. When she's the first one to go outside, she it, it, there's a part in the film where she goes outside the house because she's looking for her her boyfriend and stuff. And basically, what's happened is like it's kind of gone into this like almost like alternate reality, man. Like there's this huge storm that's happening. It's really fucking dark and miserable and just wicked atmosphere. And you know, and I'm like, just why don't you keep that up, man? You know, just yeah. keep that shit up, man. It was just such a Especially shame. Especially if just, you're saying there was like mad hints of it. And like if you could totally imagine the film being amazing had they just done something oh. different. That's very frustrating. Yeah, man. Like I said, just keep it dark. I, I, There's I mean, a reason, dude, why Black Christmas is the greatest horror Christmas fi- or yeah, horror Christmas film of all time. It's yeah. a serious, scary horror movie. Exactly. And that's the thing that bugs me about this is that Krampus, the legend of Krampus is is – you know, it's scary, you know, yeah, it's Christmas, dark. Christmas, it's Christmas, fuck, exactly. Christmas is supposed to be a time for, you know, being happy and sharing with your families and stuff. And then all of a sudden you got this Krampus character. Uh, the, he's like a devil and he's ruining it. That's scary. That's dark, you know, and the last thing you need is comedy in this bullshit. I'm sorry if, if I'm offending people that really like this film. Like I said, it's not a terrible film by any means. I'm not saying don't see this film. You might like, like it a lot more than me and accept the comedy, but I can't get past this one part. And I thought it was, it might even be one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen, but it just didn't stop. It just didn't stop mm. with what was going on after. And I was just like, my God. And some of the, you know, the toy, you know, the killer toys and, and puppets and dolls and things that were happening look pretty damn good, man. Not going to lie. Look pretty fucking cool. All but right. uh, What is the rating on that one? Uh, six and a half out of ten. All it's right. got a lot of redeemable qualities. It's just, man, I tell you, man. It would have been a high, high rated for a rated film for myself, but I don't know, man. Disappointing. Right. Disappointing. Back to Definitely you, not as good as a Christmas horror story. I've yet to see that movie. I need to see that. But um, all right. So my next film um, is I don't know if it's considered a horror movie per se, but uh, it is got it does have horror elements and everybody knows about it. It's actually a first time watch for me, which is very odd because normally I would have seen this before I saw the remake of it. Uh, but I actually saw the remake first. Um, but this movie is uh, Old Boy. Uh, this is the the Asian or Korean Old Boy. Um, yeah, first time watch. I, I had never seen Old Boy before the original, surprisingly, which a lot of people have seen this movie. Uh, but I went ahead and threw it in. It was actually a long fucking movie. This movie was like two hours long, or it was over two hours. It was 120 minutes, so yeah, it was 
it was pretty long. So, um, yeah, uh, what I thought about it, uh, I mean, I think everybody kind of knows what Old Boy's about. I mean, at this point, you know, it's basically like a revenge movie um, where a guy's like locked up for like a long period of time in this this small little room and has to pretty much figure out. Uh, you know, why he's in there. I mean, he's being fed, he's being taken care of, but he has no idea why he's in there. Uh, and then pretty much once he gets out of the room, um, he pretty much goes on a, basically like a hunt to find out who put him in there and why they did it. Uh, this movie was 10 times better than the remake. I mean, to be honest with you, the remake gets a lot of shit, like a ton of shit, but I didn't think the remake was that bad. Um, but, I mean, this movie is way better. I mean, it's the same concept. Pretty much almost the remake's almost like for like of this movie. Um, I think the problem with the remake is a lot of people didn't like Josh Brolin being, you know, in it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely say if you haven't seen Old Boy or you haven't even seen the remake, I would definitely recommend checking out this the Korean version. The main character is actually the bad guy from uh, I Saw the Devil. I don't know if anybody's seen that, but... Uh, same guy. He's a great Korean actor. Um, but I mean, I, I would, I would venture to say, and it's funny cause on the front cover, it says old boy arrives with the Quentin Tarantino seal of approval. I think that's kind of funny. Um, it's definitely Quentin Tarantino ish. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. I, I don't know why they would put that on there, but yeah, I know, right? It's kind of random, but uh, it's like, what, what? Like, why would Korea? Well, if Quentin Tarantino up? likes it, then uh, you know it's got to be fucking amazing. Dude, Quentin Tarantino put, likes all kind of bad movies. Well, Quentin yeah, Tarantino, man. they throw his name on everything nowadays. I mean, he was on Hostels. He was like presented by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, that's because he produced that. Well, still, they just throw his name on a lot of things. But overall, I would give this movie a nine out of ten. It was definitely, it's definitely one of the one of the better revenge flicks that you could watch. Uh, I mean, everybody should. Have, I mean, a lot of people have probably seen this. Or, I haven't, but I I honestly can say I've never heard a bad review of it. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, I know horrible reviews actually reviewed it. He gave it a really good rating too. But yeah, check it out, old boy. Nine out of ten. I mean, it's there's really not a whole lot bad about the movie, other than the fact that uh, the the dubbing. I, I actually watched it with the dubbing on, and the dubbing is so shitty. It's like oh, I should have. How did you do that to yourself? I don't know. Like it was already on when I put it in, and I was just like, fuck it, and I just like did it, and I was like, wow, this is horrible. I always find that funny too when you press play on a movie and it comes up as like a dub. That's the that's what's playing right away, and then you got to change it to like the uh, like the regular foreign audio. Yeah, like, I, I always find that so weird that it just doesn't play in its native language, and then you could change it to the dub or whatever. Yeah, like what the fuck's up with that? I hate yeah, that, man. I, it I actually happened to me the other day. I had to do that too, and I was like, why the fuck is this thing dubbed? Like the fuck who who like, watches it in dubs? Apparently, fucking Kyle does. Well, I, that's the, honestly, this I, I honestly I honestly will tell you this is the first fucking Asian movie I've ever watched with the dub on, and the only reason I watched it with the dub on was because it came uh, on automatically, and I was just like I didn't feel like getting up and changing it, so I was like fuck it. But I mean, like the, the problem with dubbing, in my opinion, with Asian movies is they don't capture the the feel of the of the character. Like it's like bad shit <laughs> going on, and it's like everybody's like calm talking. It just sounds really fucking bad. I don't uh, know. Yeah, I, don't dubbing, know. I mean that's like most shit. dubbing, man. It just sounds. It just the only time dubbing me. works for me is if it's in an old Italian film where like dubbing was like the norm. Yeah, yeah. it's I don't know, but that was the only really downside of it was, was that I watched. <laughs> but I mean, you I could have changed it to the subtitles, obviously. But other than that, I mean, the movie was was amazing. I mean, I'm pretty sure you've seen this movie, haven't you, Moods? Oh yeah, I lo- I love Old Boy, man. It's fucking I, I I have the trilogy, man. All three films are good. Yeah, I got all of them too. I, I haven't seen the other two yet, but I mean. 
Actually, is one I of them like, like I've... Symphony of Something or something. Yes, yeah, yeah. Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. And I then just picked that up recently. Yeah, they're good films, man. They're really good films. So let me ask you something, Kyle, because, you know, you were talking about it earlier about, you know, confusing films and, you know, with Takashi Miike and, you know, having to watch the films twice is probably a good idea. Did you find that you needed to watch Old Boy again or at all? Because it it is it is a little bit of a mind fuck. It is. It, 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 and the problem with me watching this film was that I had already seen the remake and the remake was really it was a, the remake was a mind fuck as well, but it was still so you seen the remake. Be, you seen the remake before the original? Yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was saying earlier. Is this is one of those movies that I actually have oh. only seen the remake before I've watched the original? Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. That's the, that's like sacrilegious for JP. He's probably just having like he's like scratching his. I rarely back. do. He's it, like man. he's just freaking out. He's the like, only time I, I ever do, do, it do is, is if I didn't know that there was an original. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I honestly didn't really know much about Old Boy, and I actually saw it on Netflix, and I watched it. It was a remake, obviously. the The best part about the remake for Old Boy, in my opinion, which I know that movie gets a lot of shit, is I loved the guy that played the 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 actor that played the bad guy in the movie. The guy he was in uh, District Nine, and he was in Elysium, and like he's he's some Russian. I don't know who he like what his name is, but I just mm. love that guy. I don't know. I love that actor for some reason, but I think the reason the remake got a lot of shit is because Josh Brolin. They they kind of cast him into that. It was kind of an awkward role for him. I don't I don't know somewhat. But I mean, yeah, I I did. If I did not watch the remake first, I, if this movie would have been really kind of hard, not hard to follow, but it would have been very. It's one of those movies that's confusing. If you just watch the, yeah, original, yeah. you're just like, eh, what the fuck? Like, what what just happened? Kind of deal. But yeah, if I if I had never seen the remake, I would have definitely been like, yeah, this is one of those movies I need to rewatch. And I actually I will say this, and I said this. To myself as I was watching it is this is a very Mike styled movie. Like I could see Mike doing this fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. Yeah. It's just it has somewhat of his style, a lot of his style in it. Um Yeah, I agree. But huh. but anyway, that's that's that. Nine out of ten. Check it out. Alright, cool. So I guess I'm up next and keeping it in the or going back to the topic that Moods was just on. I'm going to talk about a Krampus movie as well. It's not the same one that Moods talked about, but it is called Krampus, the Christmas Devil from the year 2013 slash 15. It's one of like 451 Krampus films that came out this year. (laughs) So there's more Krampus films than days. Correct. (laughs) Uh, So you guys know, right? You guys know IMDb. It's a tool. All the all podcasters and horror fans use it. And every once in a while, you'll go to IMDb, and the the ratings never matter because the ratings no, no. the ratings are an average of anybody who decides to rate. Well, every once in a while, guys, the ratings are quite accurate, and this is one of those cases. This is one of those times. So Krampus the Christmas Devil. I'm not going to go too much into it. One, because I really can't because it was awful, and two, because <laughs> I don't want to bore you with it. So Jeremy uh, is a local police officer whose life was a confusing uh, mess because he true. has a bad past. Uh, he basically was kidnapped by Krampus when he was a kid and he escaped. Now he is looking for other missing children. Jeremy pieces together the truth and realizes that his childhood killer uh, could be Krampus, so he, who is the brother of St. Nick and the Punisher of children who perform acts of unspeakable evil without repercussion. Can Jeremy kill Krampus and prevent more missing children? Well, you have to watch this film to find that out. Um, so 
Jesus Christ, dude. This one is just a, a complete mess. You can literally take any topic, any thing that is required to make a film, and it is flawed in this one. Everything from the editing, <laughs> the pacing, the lighting, the acting is atrocious. The uh, storytelling, uh, everything. There's so many scenes that just happen for convenience. Like it's like, oh well, that's convenient. What you know to just move the story along. It is just one of the one of those films where moods is like this too. Once he starts a film, like he, no matter how painful it is, he fits, sits through it. This is one of those films where I kept having to rewind it because I would like I I like had to tie I pretty much had to get like handcuffs and like tie myself down so I wouldn't grab my phone and stuff to force myself to watch this fucking movie. <laughs> it is so awful, dude. It's just there's nothing interesting about it. Everything is like monotone and the 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 it's so low budget. It's like so so low budget that it looks bad. The Krampus doesn't even look good. It's just not a good movie in any way, shape, or form. There's really nothing redeeming about it besides the fact that I guess you can sit through it if you really try, if you have patience. Uh, I was so just, like, confused that, like, how this ends up in a Walmart. Like, I know there's bad movies in Walmarts, but come on, man. This is, like, a crime to sell to people. Like, you can't, like... This ain't really a movie. You can't, like... You can't trick people into buying this. That's just messed up um there's like <laughs> the blood changes color you know it's just like inconsistencies like it's not even so bad that it's good it's just it's just so bad that you like just you feel wanted to terrible. Say, fuck off yeah it's you just don't want to watch bad it movie. and i don't even know what to rate a piece of shit like this but imdb <laughs> rates it a two out of ten so i'm gonna go with a two out of ten Wow, I really have to see this. No, you sold me, man. You sold me on it. <laughs> God, you know, I, I think I think there literally is. I think there was five Krampus movies that came out this like this technically this month. This is the Crazy. year of the Krampus. I mean, there's the one that's in the theater right now, and then there's a Krampus story and a Christmas horror story, and I think there's yeah, there's this one, and then there was like I think there was like three different Krampus. There's also movies. one called Krampus: The Day of Reckoning or something. And then this one was Krampus, a Christmas Devil, Christmas Devil, and then there's another Krampus. So there's like fuck, it's insane, man. It's crazy. So no wonder Kevin Smith's Krampus never came out. He's like, whoa, he got wind that there was five movies with Krampus. He's like, I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> Let's I'm hold not, off till next year. I'm not riding that boat. Yeah. So, cool. Two out of ten. We haven't had a two in a while. It's interesting. Yeah. Very generous two out of ten, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah. So, next film we're going to talk about here, oddly enough, is another PG-13 film. That is really fucking strange. Because I'll add that uh, Krampus, I think, it technically is PG-13. Um, but, yeah, this is the uh, remake of the 1982 classic Poltergeist. Um yeah, I didn't, man, we joked about this movie so many times on the podcast when it first got announced and I was like, oh, I want to check it out, you know, just hating on remakes, hating on remakes and shit. And I didn't really know what to expect from this. You know, I, I kind of figured that it was going to be what it was really, you know, just a kind of straight up story to Poltergeist. We all know what the story is. A family moves into a house that um, is technically built on a old Indian burial ground and they kind of stir up some uh, some spirits and the spirits start well, fucking with the family a little bit and stuff. And yeah, I mean, we, we know the story of Poltergeist. So my thoughts on the remake, um, it's essentially, you know, 
a bonafide remake uh, with the exception of um, they have this kind of like paranormal um, TV thing that's uh, in the film and stuff like that. You know, I, I didn't mind the angle of it. You know, it was okay. At times it felt a little cheesy to me because like reality TV and that's kind of like what the story is. This guy's like, you know, he's part of this paranormal kind of reality show that he does and stuff. And he goes and investigates these type of cases. And this is like a new kind of gig story for him and stuff. Um, you know, it was, it was okay. It was decent and stuff, but you know, besides that kind of, you know, difference, um, everything in the film is relatively the same. I have to say the acting was pretty good. I, I'm, I'm honestly a big fan of Sam Rockwell. I think Sam Rockwell is a good actor, man. I was thinking Sam Rockwell in the film called, uh, choke. If you guys have ever heard of that film, yeah, I've watched choke. Fuck. Is he ever a dick in that film? Eh? <laughs> He sure it's like, is. <laughs> it's like it's one of those roles you just never forget. You know, you never forget it, man. It's just unbelievable. But anyways, I love Sam Rockwell. But so the casting is pretty good, with the exception of the little girl, um, of Madison Bowen is what their names are in this. Um, you know, I, I think the little girl that she was cute in the film, but I think her acting was just a little lackluster. It just, it didn't pack any punch. I wasn't buying into it. It just, at times for me, it felt forced really, really forced at times. It's like, you know, she kind of turns around and she's got her hand on this big flat screen in which, you know, I love that, you know, the new age uh, remakes and it's just all new technology. She's got her, she's got her hand up on like the 50 inch flat screen, Samsung. She kind of turns around. She's like, they're here. I'm like, that's it. That's the line. That's what you're gonna give me? I'm like, what the fuck, man? I'm like, okay. But you know, it was just kind of like a minor thing. Like she wasn't overly terrible or anything. I just it she just didn't have that, you know, that real awesome delivery in her lines and stuff. And um this leads me into the effects in the film. I thought the effects actually were pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. Like I thought they were effective, you know, for what they were. They look good. Um but you know, essentially it's the same film. You know, it's a remake and, you know, it's pretty much the same thing. Not really a whole lot to say about it. I actually enjoyed the film. um, Surprisingly, I wasn't really expecting to like it. I mean, I didn't love this film. Uh, It's not perfect by any means. I think the whole um, like how they get her out and thing was kind of interesting. That was kind of a interesting premise that they put into the film. Um, But um, yeah, I don't know, man. It it is what it is. It's a remake. I mean, I would suggest just watching the original one. I mean, maybe check this one out, but I'm also going to go with a six and a half on this one. I think it was shot really well. I think for the most part, the acting was good. Um, you know, the effects were surprisingly good. They were, they felt big budget, you know, it felt big budget. So it looked good. It looked good. It had that feel to it and it did really did stick to the original one. Um, you know, storyline wise with the exception of the whole reality show thing. I just like, I find it kind of, yeah, it is what it is, but Kind of cool, man. Kind of cool. There's some creepy moments in it, too. Um, really creepy-ass clown and shit I thought was really interesting. Uh, but otherwise, there's not a whole lot new here. Um, it's above average. It's not mind-blowing. So, you know, 6.5 out of 10. Not a whole lot to say about it. Cool. Interesting. I have it on I, Blu-ray. I picked it up for like 6 bucks on Go Hastings. <laughs> so, JP, were you thinking I was probably like going to hate this film? Uh, yeah. I thought I was going to hate it, too, though. So... <laughs> Yeah, you watched it? No, no, I haven't oh, okay. watched it. I, yeah, but now I don't think I'm gonna hate it. I probably will come where you come. Which, yeah, I would be. I'd be surprised. That's what yeah, she said. I, I think you come in relatively the same. Yeah, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Um. So I believe that is segments now. Correct. Yeah. Kyle, Kyle, I'm not Kyle. sure if you actually have a segment. We normally do pick of the week 
or avoid of the week if you don't have something but if you if you don't have something that fits there you can just talk about another movie if you want okay that's cool i, I pretty much have a pick of the week but ah, nice kyle yeah. coming prepared we'll do it do you want me to go ahead yeah all right so um so my pick of the week and uh i'm sure moods will probably agree with me on on me picking this movie because i actually watched it because of him uh it's a movie i just reviewed on body body bags as well um it is called hidden uh it's a 2015 movie um that uh is basically basically the plot of it is uh this group or this this family or let's just say like the put it like this it's kind of like a fallout type movie uh basically the world there's an unknown virus going around in the world nobody knows what's going on and then all of a sudden this town starts getting bombed by the military this family finds a fallout shelter that's right next to a school it's basically the school's fallout shelter and they take refuge in the fallout shelter and basically live there for a year a little bit over a year um and they're scared to go above ground because there are what they call they call them breathers kind of like monsters um you don't really know what those are until toward the end of the movie uh which i won't spoil it but uh i really really liked that movie i really thought it was a pretty pretty fucking awesome movie i mean it was very like moods put it perfectly in his kind of talk about it uh it's very atmospheric like the movie is your it's the whole movie's based off of atmosphere like how you know there's these people they're living in this fallout shelter they can't go above ground you know they are dealing with each other it's a daughter and the husband and the wife um and you know kind of the daily struggles that they go through with their food how they have to ration it off uh the acting in it is really really good like the actors in it are kind of no-name actors or at least i didn't recognize them from anything else but the acting was like super good um and the dialogue in it was very good so i definitely i mean it it's up there i don't know if it'll make my top 10 of 2015 but it is definitely up there it's a very very good uh kind of cool movie and there's actually a really cool twist at the end of the movie as well so um so yeah hidden 2015 i'd recommend checking it out nice nice yeah i, I agree man it, it, it's a good it's a good film man really really slept on film this year i don't even know if i heard of it to be honest yeah because you didn't watch my whole 10 and 10 video because i talked about it in that uh, video then i probably did it's just such a generic title that it's forgettable so yeah it's it it's I, I I do agree with that man, and you know it's <laughs> definitely forgettable, you know. Yeah. But uh, it it surprisingly has a lot going for it. You know, it's a slow burn, but man, it's it it's got a nice third act to it, man. Very good. I mean, it it definitely. Yeah. I mean, I was definitely surprised by. It. I love the kind of like post-apocalyptic things, like post-apocalyptic movies and things of that nature. Yeah. And that was, you know, for what it was, it was like a post-apocalyptic type movie, and. Mm. Uh, it was just really, I don't know, it was really interesting and cool. Like, I went into it not knowing anything about it, basically just hearing you talk about it, and I was, like, pleasantly surprised. So definitely definitely pick that as, as or definitely say check it out if you haven't seen it. Some, a lot of people, I never even heard of it until he mentioned it, so definitely mm-hmm. check it out. All right. Yeah. So uh, my turn, and this week I'm actually going back to an old segment that I used to do. I forget the last time I've done one of these, but it is uh, Horror 101. This is a segment in which I review a documentary that usually involves a horror story, like a movie series or like a killer or anything, just something, some cool topic. And this time I am reviewing a underseen documentary, like not many people know about this one. 
and it is from 1998. It was a TV movie, actually, or a TV documentary that aired on I don't know what channel, and it is titled Universal Horror. This one is really cool. The way you can check this out, I don't believe it has a standalone release, but it is in the Universal Monsters box set, not one of the 30 films. It's a bonus, and it is a complete hour and a half long documentary. It's it's really neat. It chronicles the uh, Universal horror cycle. Uh, it starts with actually non-universal horror films and it really just is kind of an overview of horror in general. It starts back in the early days with uh, the Edison Frankenstein and goes on through Nosferatu and then starts talking about the early universal silent films like Hunchback and Notre Dame and uh, they really start getting into the big universal monsters cycle but they also touch on tons of movies that I haven't seen. Um, not, not counting those uh, universal monsters films. Like They touch on like the old dark house and tons of the black cat tons of films that i haven't seen yet and it really got me interested to check out but they also talk about actors like uh, lon cheney and how his career kind of ended once uh talkies came around and it, it was so cool to just see these people even if it, even though it was made in 1998 it was really cool to hear these people who either uh worked on some of these films crazy enough or you know was inspired by them or uh, is like film historians there there was all these different people talking about them actors uh present day actors past day actors talking about uh the careers of you know Lon Chaney Jr. and Bela Lugosi and they really get in and and kind of discuss the history of universal horror and that is very intriguing and for people who don't know that much about universal horror it's great because it really gives you a whole list of new films to check out as most people know i, I recently watched all of those films in the 30 uh bought 30 film box set that universal put out all the monster films and like to my surprise there's not really my surprise but just my reaction was that wow there's like way more movies probably some that are even a lot better than those universal monster films that are not like considered the monster films they're just other universal horror films from that era and they talk a lot about those so with that said i really recommend everybody check this documentary out it's like i said 1998 it came out and uh it's uh it's really good i give it an eight out of ten sweet awesome have you seen it <laughs> i didn't watch it yet no yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, I should check that out, man. I really should. Since I'm a documentary horror, I love documentaries. Yeah, I spent a lot of time watching them, man. Been fucking giving her on those 30 and 30s lately. <laughs> you guys ever watch any of those? Fucking good shit, man. What is really it? Good stuff. Uh, 30 for 30 doc documentaries and stuff. No. I watched one on Brian Bosworth and like Bo Jackson and stuff recently. Huh. Fucking good shit, man. Those are really, really well done. <laughs> awesome stuff i highly recommend it there's like tons of really great ones so if you're into you know those type of things even like even zach even mentioned one time he's like not the biggest sports fan but he started watching these and he's like they're the best he's like these things make you <laughs> want to watch sports it's fucking crazy <laughs> so that's really cool but all right so getting into my i want to call this an italian stallion even though it's not italian it's uh it's a spoof of an italian giallo film so i'm just going to call this pick of the wicks pick of the wick pick of the wick Pick of the week slash Italian stallion. Call it what you will. Uh, from 2015. It's a hybrid. Uh, it's a hybrid. Uh, the editor by Whoa. Canada's own Astron 6. Yeah. Look at that, man. Two Canadian films being reviewed on the same podcast. Well, it's fucking foreign. It's like all foreign films today, isn't it? 
Yeah. <laughs> That's like the only I think if we review like two or three more we'll have like all of the Canadian films made in the last decade. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so if you're not unfamiliar with uh, Astron 6, you know of course it did Father's Day and and Manborg and you know Biocop the trailer and stuff like that. Uh, a Canadian group um you know writers slash directors there's only five of them though or uh, yeah there's only five guys in astron six um the story is is that they came up with the name astron six before they had like fully formed the group and they only got five people <laughs> so <laughs> it's as simple as the story is it's, it's kind of funny ironic name yeah so this one right here of course is directed by adam brooks and matthew kennedy and they also star in the film themselves as the two main characters adam brooks plays a character named ray Cizo. Um, he is a, well, at one time he was the best editor, you know, in Italian cinema history. You know, he was the guy, if you wanted your film edited, you went to him. Uh, of course he had a really unfortunate accident where he cut off all of his fingers and, you know, it was left him doing edits for shitty ass films because the big studios and the big, you know, uh, filmmakers and stuff didn't want him anymore because they felt like they couldn't, uh, utilize his skills because, his fingers were, of course, replaced by wooden fingers. An artist so, without a drawing hand. Exactly. So now he's stuck doing these really shitty films. And he's got wooden fingers. And now he's got this <laughs> assistant that he's training up because, you know, he's kind of at the end of his career. And he's all pissed off and down and stuff. Anyways, he's working in this really kind of shady, shitty studio. And what happens is um, he, he's editing this film. And one of the, a couple of the actors, they end up getting killed. And, of course, he's, like, the number one suspect because he was there work leading, uh, editing one late night and stuff like that. And, you know, and, uh, yeah, becomes the prime suspect. And now he's got to figure out, you know, exactly who's doing these killings as he's editing this film and things like that. And, of course, the uh, the main um, uh, detective in the film is played by Matthew Kennedy, who's, uh, you know, fucking awesome. You know, part of Astron 6, pretty good shit. Anyway, so it's it turns into a Jalla film. That's essentially what it is. It's a Jalla film. It's a police investigation and all these murders start happening and yeah, so you got your film. Um, now my thoughts on this one, this is, you know, basically Astron 6 spoofing all Italian type films, you know, especially the Giallo genre. Um, and it has everything in this movie, everything from the over-the-top gore to the sex and nudity to the you know, the fucking awesome music to even the dubbing. They even overdub their own voices. You know, I love that. And it, and it works really well. It sounds so authentic. And one of the coolest things about this movie is that, you know, they really went out of their way not to make it look Canadian, you know, to have that feel. And it really doesn't like if you knew nothing about Astron six and them being uh, Canadian things, you would never know this film was actually done in Winnipeg. You know, it's really strange. They did such a good job with, um, uh, you know, the highest budget they've ever worked with. I think this movie cost them about one hundred and five thousand to make. And it looks a lot bigger. They did a great job with this, you know. You know, and I have to say, even their acting is like spectacular, but it's more about the set pieces because this one's set in like the late 70s, kind of early 80s. And their costumes and their cars and everything they use is all old and authentic looking. I was really surprised at like how good they did this film. You know, uh, we were talking about this yesterday when we were uh, Skyping, you know, with um, uh, Chex's 3D, you know, and the fact that, you know, if they had stuck to the, the storyline, uh, the, or the timeline, you know, it would have cost them a lot more for, you know, filming in the 90s and things like that. And I give these guys mad props, man. You know, they, yeah, they so what Moods is saying is no excuse. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There's no excuse not to go out of your way and get the authentic costumes and use the authentic cars and haircuts and clothes. It's just, it, it really does work on all levels. But um, yeah, so like I said, it's a spoof. So of course, it's got comedy in it. And I think it just works on a lot of different levels. And I was surprised at the cast that they had in this too. They had, um, 
what's her name? Paz De La Herda. She's the chick from um, Nurse 3D. From Nurse, and she plays actually uh, um, Adam Brooks's the editor, his uh, wife in the film. So it's got really odd casting, and of course they've got uh, uh, the dude that's from. Uh, Human Centipede 2. Uh, I can't remember what his name is. You know, the main character from Human Centipede Yeah, the Centipede little fat 2. dude. Yeah, the little fat dude. He's in this too, and he's got a really interesting, funny character too. And uh, But overall, man, the storytelling is fantastic, and I think this movie has such a great ending. It just, it's like surprisingly well-written and acted, and, and just everything about this movie is just a big surprise. There's even a car chase scene in this film, which is hilarious. It's shot pretty well, and the funny thing is, is like they actually did their own stunts. <laughs> In this too. It's like they're just jack of all trades in this fucking film, man. It's pretty awesome because they're directing, writing, acting, stunting. You know, it's just low budget filmmaking, which is pretty cool. But you know, they even had Udo Kier do a um, a part in this film. He plays the doctor, and and that's really cool, man. Because if you know who Udo Kier is, like he's you know a famous face in Italian cinema films and you know cult films and things like that. And it's really cool that they actually got him. They they sent him the the script, and he's just like. Yeah, man, I'm going to do this. <laughs> like, holy shit, man. They got Udo Kier on the fucking set. That's crazy. Um, but I think this one excels in all aspects, man. You know, uh, again, going back to the effects, it's really, really bloody. It, they they go over the top in it, and it, I think the effects are awesome, man. Like, if you watch the uh, making of the film after, just the way they did it and shit, it's just like, wow, you know, it's amazing it turned out that well. <laughs> It's like kind of one of those things, right? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, like the comedy, I don't think the comedy in this film is like to the point where it's like stupid. It's actually like pretty clever and fun, um, but it's well written. You know, they really did a good job. And you can tell that these guys have spent a lot of time watching Italian cinema because there's nods all over the place from the lighting to the the um, cinematography and techniques that they use. Totally Italian cinema taken right from Bava. Um, Argento, especially the coloring and lighting, they spent a lot of time setting up shots in this film that are red and blue and it really accentuating the way the shots are taken. And that's Bob and, and uh, Argento. There's even nods to the beyond with this girl that's blind in the film and she looks like the fucking girl from the beyond. You know, it's, it's just awesome. So there's, you know, <clears throat> essentially what I'm saying is if you haven't seen a, a lot of Italian cinema, a lot of this might go over your head. And if you have seen some, I think JP, this, you know, I think you might even be ready for it because you've seen a lot of the things that they're directly spoofing, you know, just with doing our well, Italian. That's good to know. Well, like I said, you know, you'll, you'll notice things right away with the lighting and, you know, the nods to the beyond and, and things like that. And, you know, one of the coolest aspects of about the film is actually a question that Dylan had asked us a few weeks back. And, you know, to come up with like fake movie names and stuff. And there's some really cool posters. They, they went that far as to like get people to design fake movie posters and titles, uh, and, and hang them around these studios and stuff. So that's how authentic they got and stuff. Like really, really cool stuff, man. Um, that's passion but, right there, man. It is, man. They just, they went all out in this one and it's super fun. It, it's just such a blast. And I think it's got a great ending to it. It's got a really, really good ending awesome so um yeah uh as for my rating i think a lot of people do know i'm giving this one a 10 out of 10 it's by far my favorite movie of the year on all levels it's just a blast and i highly recommend this one to everybody yeah i'm not gonna lie dude it has been popping up on the lists i've been getting oh really nice so uh that's That's one that's definitely on my short list to check out before the year end uh Mm -hmm. it seems like scream factory it puts out like one or two like very good contemporary films a year yeah like, you look back at the battery like it kind of reminded me of that 
Kyle, have you seen the editor? Yep, I watched it like a couple weeks ago. I, I really loved that movie, dude. It was awesome. Like it definitely the the lighting and everything. I think my favorite part of the movie was like the dubbing they did, man. I, I, that was just like fucking awesome. I don't know why. I just I love shit like that. Yeah, like, I, I, on, they made it, it's kind of funny because when you're spoofing a dub and to do it so perfectly. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's so authentic, and that's what I'm saying. Like they they really went out of their way to make everything seem like it was legit. You yeah, know, it, it's amazing spoof. It really is, man. It's it really, really is. good. It's really good. Yeah. So, All right. Well, if you had to rate it, what, what did you what did you rate this film? I Curious. would say the editor. I didn't really rate it. I didn't do a review or anything on it. But yeah, if yeah. I were to rate it, I would say maybe probably a nine out of 10. I mean, I, I really, there was like little that I did not like about that movie. I, I enjoyed the story of it, the storyline. I enjoyed the dubbing. I enjoyed the acting. Uh, I just, I liked how, uh, you know, the, the little, the way that they actually filmed the entire movie. I thought it was just really, really, really cool. I mean, I, I, I put a pretty high rating on it. So nine out of 10 is probably what, about what I say. You got to love that fake poster, the cat with the velvet blade. Yep. <laughs> it's totally like it's totally like a play on the bird with the crystal plumage. Yeah. <laughs> fucking yeah. awesome, man. But there's some really fucking good ones in there, man. So it's, it's great. So, yeah. Everyone check out the editor, man, before the year. If you're making a top 10 list, you can't make that list without watching the editor. Do me a favor. Do yourself a favor and check it out. Mm. All yeah. right. So. Alrighty, so that is going to conclude what we watch portion of the show and moving into the featured review of the week. Um, and yeah, this is, you know, another brand new and actually contemporary film released by Screen Factory slash, is it IFC? Yep. Is it IFC? Yeah. Yep. Of course, 2015. And uh, this one's called Stung. Simply Stung. Correct. Oh, yeah. Stung. It is. Uh, it is a Scream Factory contemporary film that I actually definitely prefer the reversible cover art. Just throwing that out there for those who have the Blu-ray. Yeah, I totally have it on the reverse and it's, it's fantastic. Actually, this is the art that you would see on American Netflix right now. So if you go to watch it on Netflix, you'll see the, the art, not the slipcover art. So, Yep. That's right. So you want to break down the plot? Yeah. Um, well, I'll read this little short synopsis here it says a fancy garden party turns into an upper class prey when a colony of killer wasps mutate or mutates into seven foot tall predators <laughs> you know what that's uh, bang on man that's exactly what happens um fuck man right off the start of this film i have to say i laughed so hard man the main character what is his name the main guy um oh shit what's his name what is the main guy's name sydney is it sydney sydney yeah no, Sydney's the uh, Clifton Collins Jr.'s character. No, no, no. That's totally not it. Um, the fuck is the main guy's name? Uh, Paul. Paul, yeah. Yeah, okay. When he, when he walks up to the place and he's like, <laughs> when he just walks up there and he's kind of looking at the place and he's like, well, this place is a piece of shit. <laughs> had me right there. I was like, oh my God. Because that fucking house is huge, man. They couldn't have fucking picked a bigger place, man. It's awesome. I just love that that line. It was just great. It's great. I think another thing about this film that surprised me is the uh, longevity of Lance Hendrickson's character. I was expecting a couple yeah. minutes worth. Yeah, for sure. You know? For sure. <laughs> kind of interesting. So what are your guys' thoughts on this one? Um, I'm not going to lie, man. I had a lot of fun with this. I thought it was really fun. This is a, this is a fun creature feature that uh, I would describe as not really having a lot of soul, but it's still pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so basically to kind of expand the story a little bit, it's, you know, um, what happens is the guy that owns this place played by what we just said his name, 
Um, I've seen him in a lot of films. Clifton Collins Jr. I think he's a good actor, man. To be honest, yeah, I like I like, I like him. him. He's been in a lot of stuff too. Yeah, a lot of stuff. So essentially, what happens is he was, you know, he mixes fertilizer with some like growth hormones because he was, you know, doing some gardening or whatever the fuck for his mom. And yeah, that didn't really turn out too well because it kind of, you know, mutated these wasps. <laughs> Made these yeah, wasps. Essentially, grow. if you like that, it's pretty much the same plot for any killer insect, giant insect yeah. movie. Like if you go back to ticks. Like that's the same thing that happened. They were putting these hormones in the marijuana fertilizer to make exactly. pot plants. Yeah, the ticks got in there and got giant, and that's kind of what's going on here. Yeah, very similar story. The line. only exactly. thing that's different about this one, which actually isn't that much different from ticks, because I believe there was like a mutated giant tick at the end of that one too, mm-hmm. uh, like a ha- like a hybrid type thing. So what happens is once the uh, wasps like either sting or like lay an egg or something it mutates into because they're little at first they're li- they're little big they're still bigger than a normal wasp but they're yeah. they're like t- small and then they attack people and then they mutate into giant 7 foot tall wasps yeah yeah um i think re- the first thing i noticed about this film was i was really kind of taken back by the effects in this film i was expecting a lot more cg mm-hmm. and not as much practical but what we got in this one was more practical and just mixed yep. in cg yep which was and a actually big some of the cg deal. didn't look too bad either and no it's like it's it, at that certain it point you're just so willing to accept it because you're like you're like you know what you guys definitely tried real hard to make it really practical so i'm gonna give you a pass yeah. on any sloppy cgi yeah and yeah, man, and totally. And, you know, this is what separated the film from being, you know, kind of average to like pretty good. And I was really kind of taken back by this. And I think what they did is they used the CG at perfect times. You know, there's just scenes yeah. where they, there's this wasp like kind of sitting on the side of the building. You know, that's kind of CG and stuff. But as for like the transformations and, you know, all that type of thing that's going on, that was practical. They used it in the right spots. I think it was just good placement of, you know, CG and stuff. So that was really helping out the, the cause for myself. Yeah, that's really the first thing that I really took note of. I was like, I was like, this is this is a film that completely succeeds on the fact that they they went practical instead of CG. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, Did it give you a lot of like memories of like Mosquito? Hundred percent. Yeah, it really felt like Mosquito, but not not as good in my opinion. But like right along the lines of like similar story and just similar like similar villain really. Like the wasp yeah, yeah. is very similar to like the mosquito. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, of course, this one has like it has its moments where like you know they go to use their cell phones and like, well, of course there's no cell service way out there. Yeah, <laughs> things like that. I'm just like, dude, the uh, funny that was a funny part when they're like, like, did you call nine one one yet? And then they went in there and there's like a phone from like the forties, and they're like, yeah. who the? He was like, who the fuck still uses these? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that was, and that, it actually brings up a good point too, man. I didn't find the comedy to be like stupid in the film, like, and it wasn't like, you know, just like joke after joke. Like it was, you know, there was semi-serious parts in the film, but it was just, it, I, I felt like the comedy was like a perfect level. Yeah, you know. I yeah, almost I felt like there was a lot of comedy and then somebody was like, hey, you might want to tone that down a bit. And then the guy just like pulled jokes out of the script. It was weird because it was like it wasn't like really like it was like few and far in between, but it almost didn't seem like the typically how like you have comedic breaks and stuff. It just seemed like yeah. odd placement of when they chose to use comedy. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was kind of weirded out by that. I was like, I don't really like it's not a horror comedy, but at the same time, like it feels like it was, it was once a horror comedy. Yeah, I kind of take it took it differently. I kind of like that how it was just kind of like sporadic here and there and stuff. It was just it kind of kept this kind of even bond with the film, you know, like this ridiculous killer giant wasp film and, you know, a bonafide comedy. You know, it still had like elements of, you know, horror film and you know, comedy, but I, it was, the blend was good to me. I, I really enjoyed it, actually. You know, because the difference between this one and Krampus for me is like it was just so persistent in, in Krampus that it was like, you fucking serious? I'll tell you one thing that I, I didn't think, find any persistence at, at all in this film. It was just I'll tell you I, one I, thing that I think this film could have benefited from greatly, and that is uh, a better lead duo. The two lead characters the girl and the guy dude i I actually thought they were really good together like what do you mean you didn't didn't, like them or i thought thought they were great yeah nope didn't like them at all wow what didn't you like about them? i didn't like their relationship dynamic that was the way it's supposed to be though like awkwardly it's supposed to be yeah that's the thing right i mean yeah the girl is like actually meant to be awkward right because like yeah you know i mean they're quite obviously you know digging each other you know but they're not supposed to because they're like on this professional level yeah i just didn't care is the thing Mm -hmm. but honestly i thought they were both good like i thought the i am a little surprised that ians both liked it yeah and and like and yeah i i really didn't have a problem with like any characters in this film it was weird that that was my number one number one complaint was i just felt like they're like in the downtime. I actually have this noted down. I'm like, wow, I actually liked all the characters. Yeah, I, I, I didn't realize. I didn't realize I, the old man. He was Lance Hendrickson. Like, I just now realize that's who that was. Man, he looks yeah. so much different. Yeah, that like, was like now. The only fucking Lance Hendrickson. He's fucking like I didn't even know that that was the, funny, the same dude from. That dude's been in so many fucking movies, man. Yeah, it wasn't that I you know thought that the characters were like unlikable. It like to where they were like. It was more that they were just not good like i just didn't think that the characters were well written man i it's so weird because i totally it's not very often that i you know review a film and i liked all the characters in the film i thought everyone was fun you know like just i I thought the leads were good you know like the Uh, I, just everybody. I didn't think anyone was there specifically for like you know retarded comedy relief and fucking all this other bullshit that happened in Krampus. Yeah. I think it was more the main cue. Like I did enjoy the uh, like the son character. Like he was funny, but mm-hmm. the, the two yeah. the two leads. Like I didn't like the guy for one. I thought that like there were serious did, moments with him, but then I like where he's like you know I saved this little boy from drowning and then he died from pneumonia i was like oh that's cool but that doesn't feel like it belongs in this movie i don't know he you know he's a child <laughs> actor i looked up and he's like a child actor like he was like like john travolta's son in that movie domestic disturbance which is kind of weird but I mean, <laughs> wow yeah I, I saw that i was like what the fuck but um but i think my favorite character i mean i like both the main characters like i love the old man character lance was lance hendrickson yeah dude that dude's awesome yeah, well, man. lance is fucking awesome in anything I love that part though. In the, it's just so fucking random too. Because I mean, obviously nobody noticed, and like it's probably completely not logical that no one noticed this part. But you know, the part where Lance Hendrickson grabs like one of those hors d'oeuvres and he's like talking to the two ladies and is like, "Yeah, you got to check these out, man. They're so good." And he turns around and it's fucking gone. 
like this watch just like ate it out of his hand and like nobody noticed. Oh my god. I actually burst out laughing. So yeah. his, his reaction was just staring. He his facial expression didn't even change. I was like, oh my god, that's so good. Dude, I'll tell you something that I took away from this movie that I really want to try now in real life is the fucking wine opening thing that they did where they put like the wine bottle in the shoe and they hit it on the side of the bricks. Like yeah, that's... I have to try that now. Is that real? No one might Knowing my luck, man, the first hit I did, it would fucking shatter in my shoe, and then I'd have fucking broken, red wine and chunks my, in your like, shoe. It was funny uh, because, like, me and my buddy watched it. My buddy's like, you know, he did, he was over here, and like that part came on, and me and him were drinking already. And I looked over, and I was like, dude, do you know if that if you could actually do that shit? And he looked at me, he's like, dude, I don't know, but we're gonna try that shit. I was like, all right, dude. The thing is, there's no way like corks are hard to get out man there's no way that thing's yeah gonna i don't believe it that's why well, they didn't show that, it happen well the really, cork didn't yeah. all the cork didn't come all the way out it just came up far enough for him to grab it and pull it out i guess I so know. yeah i mean but still though like i mean corks are tough yeah to get out. Like, they're, they're, they're tough fucking... for a reason and and that yeah. that scene as well in my opinion in the movie that was the scene like right after all the bugs came out that was kind of where the movie took an awkward kind of turn that was a, like a weird scene because like it's like oh. all this shit's going on and then they're like oh can you open this bottle of wine for me like I, I felt for turn I completely agree with that actually because I felt like the script just kind of ran out of well almost places to go okay they're stuck in this house and that's where they are this is what's this is what it is now yeah. they're in the house. And that's it. And I'm just like, okay, well, well so they got They kind of have to. They have to write something in there. It's like, well, hey, man, let's just drink some vintage wine. Yeah, but that <laughs> happens in a lot of like siege narrative movies. But the thing that happens different in those movies is they actually are creative because you have to be. Th- this one I felt did kind of run out of steam. I agree that after all that action happens, you need a downtime. Like that's just mm-hmm. part of movie making. Like you should yeah, have yeah. a downtime scene. And they placed the scene right, but they just didn't have enough. Like you think of stuff like uh, Demon Knight and Mosquito, Night of the Living Dead, those films. In those downtime moments, that there's always like important like exposition, exposition or uh, storytelling. Like there's stuff going on. And I felt these ones, it was just it was f- in, like fun, interesting, like cutesy stuff, but it wasn't amazingly good stuff that, that was in those downtime moments and it did feel like this script was kind of just like oh we need to like spend some time here and i don't mm-hmm. really know what to do <laughs> yeah 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 i agree i think the third act is like it's so bizarre too because they're you know towards the end of the film there it seems like it almost turned into like a torture porn film yeah that's what it <laughs> seemed like yeah see i was i fucking started laughing i'm like fucking the wife had come home and i'm watching this shit and i'm like Okay, this is this is record breaking, man. This is like a creature feature torture porn. And she's like, she starts laughing. She's like, I have no idea what that is. And I'm like, look at the screen. It's definitely one of the best like killer insect movies in a in a long time. Oh, big time, big yeah. time. I will say though, like you know, pretty much the last scenes of the film with you know, I won't give it away, but like to, there is some flame CG and stuff. I thought it. I thought it was kind of. It almost looked like they were maybe just didn't have any more budget left or something not only that but that the way that whole scene plays out and eventually ends i thought it was all pretty weak to be honest yeah i wasn't really overly the biggest fan of like the very end Mm -hmm. but uh you know i mean it's just like uh uh, yeah i know i had the same reaction i was like okay you can't win them all right exactly (laughs) but it was funny just because of the downgrade in effects though yeah you know, considering everything was pretty good throughout the film, and also in this one scene, it was it sticks out like a sore thumb, it's just man. Too it really much. Did. I, Try to do too like, much than you really could pull off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, totally. But you know, overall, it was it was a fun film. I mean, 
you know, I, like I said, I didn't have any problems with the characters and stuff. Apparently you did, but um, it's just a silly creature feature with the same recycled storyline that we've seen a million times. But at it's the, not over enough. silly, though. No. no, I mean, but it, you know, it's something that we've seen before. It's not relatively new, but it, it's again, very no, the same. Like, there's not one new thing in this film whatsoever. No, but oddly enough, it's just it's the fact that it's well made that makes it yeah, entertaining. That's really what it you is, know, too, huh? It's like yeah, it's well made and, and, and decently acted and stuff, and it just, you know, I, you know, I think you said it didn't really have a lot of charm to it. Yeah, you know, um. Yeah, I, I I guess I would kind of agree with that, you know. It doesn't really and yeah, it's it is very awkward basic, at times. Right? It's it's a it super is. basic movie, but that doesn't mean that it's necessarily bad. It's still entertaining. It's just not above like basic. Exactly. Yeah. But you know, I mean definitely there was some things that caught me off guard, like I said, you know, almost like the torture scenes and stuff. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm, I'm like, that's different. This is a film that I'm like happy I watched. Like it's not one that I'll run back to, but hey, if I'm ever doing like a uh, killer insect marathon like this is one that i would pop in because it's better than like half the ones i own yeah oh <laughs> yeah. Which well, i love this killer is, insect th- movies yeah this is definitely one of the better ones to come out i mean in recent years yeah like it's been a long time since i've seen some um that i was expecting to be you know 95 percent cg and bad cg if that mm-hmm. you know and it was a big surprise man this is the type of movie that used to be made for the sci-fi channel like, this is mm-hmm. the type of quality they used to aim for. No. Dude, the funniest scene in this whole fucking movie is that goddamn dog. When that dog is, like, shaking in the bushes and he's looking <laughs> he's looking at the fucking dog. Dude, he was like, come here. He, what was the dog's name? Like, Penny or something? He's like, come here, Penny. And that fucking dog is just staring at him and shaking. <laughs> You're just like, what the fuck? Like, how did that even happen? It's, I don't know, <laughs> There's it's hilarious. There's some gross moments, too. Like, some decent, like, gooey gore and stuff. Yeah, I like the gooey shit. That's, like, really... Yeah, every time they would slap, like, one of the wasps, it would be, like, yeah. all fucking gooey and nasty and shit. Yeah. Like, when, you know, the scene with the... Actually, the reversible cover art yeah the, scene the, where the, the wasp like sticks his butt <clears throat> out and it's like close to the eyeball yeah and then she slaps it and it's just like this nasty goo yeah i love that yeah it's, it's so reminiscent of 80s creature films yeah it's you know, that real fucking thick nasty goo yeah. it's like they just melted yeah. marshmallows and put them on someone's face <laughs> i love that stuff man. i mean I, <clears throat> these these type of films are right up my alley because they were just that they're just fun they're just it's it's not these anything that's gonna blow you away man but it's yeah. it's entertaining these are the type of films that, you know, Kyle watched this right. He, he was watching it with a buddy and drinking. Did he say he was watching it with his boyfriend? Shut the fuck up, JP. Yeah, he did. He, well, he said he didn't say boyfriend. He said butt friend. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, my butt friend. He, yeah. he actually said butt friend. And I was like, whoa, wow. <laughs> Very honest. I, I, you know, Dude, I applaud you. I applaud you. Kyle. I have to tell the truth about all this stuff. So that we're on a <laughs> podcast talking about this. So, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I don't really know what else to say about it without, you know, giving specific scenes away. Like I always say, yep, that's know? pretty much it, man. I, I thought the acting was really cool. I mean, I, I, I thought the main character chick was fucking hot. So like that was, she was nice to look at throughout the whole movie. I'm not going to lie, man. Yeah, I agree with that, man. That chick was hot. Yeah. Like, she, super. She was right. You know, honestly, man, her fucking eyes were so beautiful. I'm going to get real, you know, gushy, mushy and gross and kind of gay and stuff. But you know, like honestly, she, her, she had awesome eyes man dude her lips too god dude bro she was like uh dude, it was <laughs> you, you don't find her hot i found her lips hot dude it was funny like, <laughs> she was, like, eyes, she was, like kissing was... something yeah her eyes like, are very pretty she was like wow. kissing something in the movie and my buddy looks over at me and he's like she can wrap her lips around something else if she wants to and i was just like yeah you, you're telling me jeez 
For God, me personally, she's she has that like like pointed like long chin neck thing that I I mean I'm not gonna sit here and bash this girl because obviously she's beautiful but she's listening <clears> right now you know not my like type per se. I don't know mm-hmm. her when she had those glasses on in the first scene I was like bruh oh. Please, God, come here. Let's get into ratings, guys. <laughs> Look at JP getting all awkward about it. Okay, guys, uh, let's stop talking about the main chick. <laughs> all right, JP, what, what do you rate this one? Well, man, I, I feel like that this rating is both appropriately perfect. Yep, it's perfect, pretty much. This film is uh, ex- it's, it's, it's above average. It's fun. It's not amazing. It's a 7 out of 10. Mm. Yeah. Kyle, what do you rate it? Well, I mean, I I rated it last night, and I kind of rated it off of, you know, right after I watched it. I went into it, and I really didn't know anything about it. I mean, I'd heard about it, but I didn't know anything. And I just kind of rated it for what it is. I gave it I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. I mean, huh. it, it wasn't anything that was, like, over the top. I mean, I was originally going to rate it lower than that, but I, I did enjoy the, the comedy aspects to it. I actually really liked the main character guy a lot because he – and this sounds weird to say – he uh, his his type of I guess jokes and things of that nature, the things that he was saying, uh, as well as him cussing in the movie a lot. I think that made it for me because I, I just find very crude humor, like very I don't know, dirty humor, hilarious for some reason. But I don't know. That was kind of based off of my rating a little bit. But yeah, six point five I felt was kind of perfect for it. Yeah, I love potty humor too. Yeah, taking fart jokes and <laughs> I'm a big fan of those. Anything, yeah, penis jokes are funny to me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, uh, I'm actually kind of surprised that, that that our ratings are the same, JP. But I'm also going to come in with a seven out of ten. I don't really have to explain anything more. But I actually knew that's what you was going to rate it. Yeah, it's pretty pretty much where I was sitting. <laughs> you know, so it you know it's not like mind blowing, but it's above average. Yeah, you when know, I was watching it, it I it's was definitely like, a what I was like. I bet you moods rates is seven out of ten. I, like just like I am going to, I, and I even thought that I was going to be more critical about the the uh, characters. Like I, I just ha- I've kind of predicted this entire review of going exactly how it went. Really, you expected me to like all the characters in this one? Yeah, like I wow, just because I knew that there was just something that I didn't like personally about them. Like I don't think they're necessarily bad. It's just mm-hmm. that I didn't like them, so I knew it was more of like a personal criticism. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we cool. all came in close to the same on this. I yeah, mean, I think we're all yeah. pretty much agree that it's like right about around that seven range for sure. Yeah, definitely. You know, this is definitely one that I'll watch again. You know, I, you know, I'll have some fucking my homemade Dawn of the Red wine, you know, one night and just you know, got to drink the fucking good vintage stuff, right? Will you watch this one? Cause, oh yeah, you know, they did the film. You know, oh, it makes yeah. sense. Nineteen forty-seven <laughs> no. or some shit like that. I yeah, can't... exactly. That's just fucking crazy. Yeah. Crazy Overall, shit. I'm pretty happy with it, man. Like. That's what you say when those like IFCs are hit and miss. Like this is one I'm glad Scream Factory put out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree, man. This one's good. Alrighty, so that is gonna do it for episode sixty-six, or also known as the Mario Lemieux episode. <laughs> I didn't know where the <laughs> fuck it came up. Ah, but yeah, so I had a lot of fun. You know, Kyle, thanks for stopping by again. Yeah, I appreciate uh, you guys having course. me again. I mean that that was awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, you're always welcome back anytime, of course. And who knows, man, you might be on the show more than you maybe want to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Force. Force your ass on here. <laughs> you know. It's all good. But, but uh, yeah. Next week. Know. What do we got next week, Moods? 
Uh, next week we are doing that is going to be the Christmas show, the right? third annual Christmas show. Yeah. So next week is the Christmas show, and for this third annual Christmas show, we are going to be talking about Jack Frost one and the sequel two. So both the Jack Frost films, um, which yeah, I'm excited, man. We might you even know. have a special guest. Might have a special guest. Yes, we're you know we're still working out the details, but there might be a special guest on that show. So stay tuned for that. And he is a familiar face from the past. Yeah. So for the people that have know me and JP from you know years it's ago, Shannon stuff, probably recognize. <laughs> it's Shannon Elizabeth. Yeah. <laughs> so make sure and you stay com- tuned. JP was so butthurt that I hated you know the remake so much that he called up Shannon Elizabeth and he's like, "Hey, you need to defend this movie to Moods." That's what's going to happen. She is in right? Jack Frost, right? In the first Jack Frost? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Because that reference would have been really stupid if she wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it could be completely out of left field. I'm cool with that, too. Okay. You know, so, but... Shannon Elizabeth on next episode. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. So, that's going to do it for the uh, episode 66. You want to take us out of here, JP? Yeah, man. I will take us out of here. The first thing that you guys need to do is head on over to the YouTube and type in the horror file. Give our homie Kyle some support. Uh, make fun of him. Whatever you want to do. I don't really care. Then also after that, you want to join the group page, which is uh, 22 Shots of Moods and Horror on Facebook. Just type that in there. Join the group page. It's a lot of fun. It's a blast. Everybody loves it. So much damn fun. We're on Twitter, 22 Shots Podcast. You can email us at 22 Shots of Moods and Horror at gmail.com. Of course, the website www.22shotsofmoodsandhorror.com Moods on YouTube Moods616 Me on YouTube Double Shot J and that wraps it up guys